And now, introducing the man whose passion for local geography and mid-tier college mascots borders on the kinky, and we don't kink shame here on GCR. Annapolis is in Anne Arundel County, and now he's drooling. He is Glenn Clark. What about Columbia? Did you figure that one out? Uh, you know what? I didn't I'm look going it there up. tonight. I, I will. I will. Uh, still finds ah, yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah, still yeah, finds yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Paul. I uh, hope you had a, as good of a weekend as you possibly could have had. Are we? Uh, I don't see us uh, registering for some reason over there. That's a that's a bigger problem that we need to it, deal with moving forward. That happened on Saturday too on the bat around. Yeah, I fixed it yesterday. Don't know what's going on. Don't know why it does that. We got to work on that. But in the meantime, as long as everybody can hear us on the broadcast, that's uh, that should be fine. Uh, technology, man. I got a lot of technology problems that I'm working on around these parts, trying to get them fixed. Doing my best, but it is what it is. Um, hi, hello, hello. Yeah, we all know what happened. We all watched the same thing. It was uh, it was an interesting day, to say the least. We'll talk about it uh, throughout the course of today's show. Thanks to everybody who joined us for Project Game Day. Had a good time with uh, Rita. We ran, it was a long show, man. We do Project Game Day every game day during the course of the season. It's brought to you by Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, and Underdog Fantasy Football. And we will be back this Sunday after Baltimore Green Bay. KZ will be with us post game uh, for this one. Looking forward to uh, that and appreciate those of you who joined us yesterday. Coming up on the program today, we're going to chat with Mike Nolan about what happened a little bit later on this hour. In the 11 a.m. hour, Paul Sabin, he is a data analyst and uh, sort of a guru when it comes to sports data and football science. We're going to talk to him about some of John Harbaugh's recent decisions. A lot of you didn't like when he went for two yesterday. A lot of you questioned whether he should have gone for two at the end of the game the week before. And it's easy to do that when the Ravens ended up losing both games. So we'll talk to Paul Saban. Um, I, I think he's a little bit smarter than we are, although that's not a very high bar. Um, we'll deal with that uh, coming up a little bit later on. Jeremy Kahn is going to check in with us, as he does every Monday here on GCR. And we're hoping to uh, touch base a little bit later on with Dr. David Chow, uh, pro football doc himself, get some thoughts on uh, what's going on with Lamar Jackson and the ankle sprain. And that is the difficult part of any of the big picture. I ended up deciding not to write about the Ravens today because the the conversation is so critically centered around Lamar Jackson. With all due respect to Tyler Huntley, who I think we all agree has played far better than anybody could have thought he was going to play, but that's basically because our expectations for Tyler Huntley were next to nothing. I mean, we we essentially created the the standard was going to be if you look capable of of not falling down on every play, you're going to surpass expectations. He didn't play. We're, we're overselling it by suggesting that Tyler Huntley played well yesterday. He didn't. He turned the ball over two times. He took unnecessary sacks. I, we're grading on a, an insane curve, understandably so. And based on that curve, based on him being an undrafted free agent who was playing, who has limited experience, we come away from it saying, yeah, "Go, way to go. Got him back in the game. Fought hard. And that's true. But on the whole, if you separated the curve, it was not a good day for Tyler Huntley. It's just a day in which he nearly ended up leading them back. No disrespect at all to Tyler Huntley, but we all know the truth. The Ravens aren't doing anything with Tyler Huntley. 
if he's got to play for the rest of the season. Neat little story, and he's got some talent, and he might very well be proving himself to be someone who's going to end up staying in the league for some time and getting some paychecks. But we're not going to kid ourselves into thinking that the Ravens can do anything if Tyler Huntley is the quarterback for the rest of the season. Anything of note, anything that matters. There is one path to that. And we talked about it a week ago. The one path at this point that was left for the Ravens to accomplish something was Lamar Jackson getting back to playing really good football. That was the path. That was the only way the Ravens were getting back to it. Does that path still exist? We don't know. We're still waiting on that. He's going to get some more tests today. We'll find out. A lot of people point out that even if he's capable of playing, if if the injury limits what he's capable of doing athletically, then no, he can't be that Superman type that you're going to need him to be in order to do anything significantly. Maybe true. I mean, that might prove to be the case. There are, uh, there are no, there are no ways for us to know today. But this is who we are as a people. We want to know every. We want to know right now who's going to win the Super Bowl. That's why we do this bit, right? The bit's going to be Buccaneers, uh, Patriots. We want to know all of these things. We're going to have to allow this week to play out with Lamar Jackson, probably. I mean, it's a chance that we get the answer. That The more likely scenario is if we get an answer before we get to the football game, it's not the answer that we want. The most likely scenario is that if we get an answer, it's because they know for sure that Lamar can't play, either just for this week or for an extended period of time. If we... It's, it's unlikely that we get a definite yes a definite everything's fine in the next couple of days it's possible i guess but with an ankle sprain it's unlikely that we get a definite no questions he's going to play now if we get the wednesday and he's practicing then you know you got a pretty good feeling that he's going to go all of it is frustrating all of it is frustrating because there's so many layers to what's going on in the moment. There's the layer of it's just a litany of injuries. It's just all catching up with the Ravens all at once. Everything is coming crashing down at the same time, and it's not good. There's the layer where, yeah, but you still had a chance to win the football game yesterday, and you didn't, and you're frustrated by that. And understandably so. You have every right to be frustrated by the fact the team, for the last two weeks, everything that's gone wrong has had great opportunities controlling it themselves offensively at the end of the last two games to win on the road and to essentially have the division locked up as of this moment. They catch the ball last week. They continue the drive yesterday. They could very well be sitting here at 10-3, and three, and even despite all everything else could remain the same. They could still have all of this, you know, 20 players out. Lamar Jackson could still be hurt, and they could essentially have the division already locked up. They don't, clearly. That's obviously not where they are. 
And it's frustrating because you're in you're caught in this almost purgatory of being angry and being frustrated versus well how how are they supposed to be doing any of this right now? They don't have any players. Which isn't true. Of course, they have some players. But they're lining up a secondary with Anthony Averett and Chris Westry. And no offense, Tavon Young, who is definitely not the player the Ravens thought he was going to be once upon a time when they gave him a bunch of money. I mean, maybe in a normal world he could be a, a, a decent slot corner if he had better guys on the outside to work with. I don't know. But Tavon Young definitely has not proven to be that player. It's frustrating. And it leads us to just going down the path sometimes of saying anything. I mean, yesterday we did the post-game show. It ended up being those of you that are doing the Greg Roman bit. I mean, I just hope that you have time to walk around, pick some flowers. And there's no flowers right now. Do do something. Get, get Get a breath of fresh air. I, 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 I don't know. I can't help you. You don't have to love the fourth and sixth call. I'm not telling you that you should. There is a, a, a goofy bit that we do where you got to throw that ball to the sticks. Like, okay, I get what you're saying. I get why you think that. And for, frankly, I didn't love the fourth down call. But this isn't like calling a play where the receivers are going downfield and you leave one three yards short. The idea of the play is that you get someone going in the backfield. And they use their momentum to go pick up the first down. That's the concept of the play. When you just say, hey, you got to call it to the sticks, what you're yelling about is the situation where it's fourth and ten and you call a play where a receiver comes back to get the ball eight yards downfield and he can't turn up and get to ten. It's a different play call than what happened yesterday. And I don't love the play call either. I'm, I'm with you. But you're doing the bit where you're pretending like the Ravens didn't convert three other fourth downs and where they didn't call plays that somehow got them back into the game despite the fact that they have no running game, no offensive line, and an undrafted free agent playing quarterback. This thing where you just want to hate the offensive coordinator because it's all you've ever known, because you don't own his jersey, because that's the way it works in this town, is embarrassing. And it's not just in this town. It's in every town. We don't own their jersey. So anytime we lose a game, it's easiest for us to yell at the coordinator. You tell me what was to be expected from the Ravens' offense with Tyler Huntley, no running game, and no offensive line. Tell me. Your nonsense is nonsense because you you played Madden and it works in Madden if I just do these things. Well, they, they could have just done this other thing. They, I mean, they could have just done that. Why didn't they just do that? It's so unthinkably stupid. I just don't have the, the, the breath to engage on it. You don't have to like the fourth down call. You don't have to think that Greg Roman's the greatest coordinator in the history of football, but if you watched yesterday's game and you think the story of the game was Greg Roman or the play calling, you are brainless. You are desperate to fit your own narrative. 
The story of the game is they don't have any players! And they still nearly won! should build a statue of the coaching staff. Not really. My God! It is insane how we react. We lose all concept of thought, all concept of reality, because we so desperately want to believe that we can do this, that we know football, that we understand things better than the people that do it for a living. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely think there are scenarios where the person that's doing it doesn't deserve to be doing it. I, I don't know who's the on the coaching staff in Jacksonville, but my guess is they can't do it. I don't like losing either, guys. It's not a lot of fun. I don't want to come in here and do this. Clearly. <laughs> it's not fun. What's fun about this? It sucks. But I, I'll, never, I'll never in my life understand this bit. I'll never in my life understand the world in which every time the team loses a game, someone thinks a coordinator has to be fired. I won't. I'll never get it. Uh, and and I, I guess it means I don't get to be at the cool kids' table. I get it. Like, it's the cool thing to do. The cool thing to do now when the Ravens lose is to go on Twitter and just bitch about Greg Roman, right? And, like, do your, your memes and your, you know, whatever. And I, so I won't get to sit at the cool kids' table because of it because I won't just get on board. I won't just brainlessly say, you're right. When you don't have your quarterback, your running backs, your offensive line, the offensive coordinator should definitely have figured out a way for the team to score 50 points. You, you guys, you nailed it. You, you're right again. It's, it's hard to separate, right? right? <clears throat> you're, you're watching the game, and you want the team to do well, <clears throat> and you want them to score all these points. And it's hard to separate when you're in the moment. For example, I've told my father five different times, that the Ravens aren't very good right now because half their roster is on injured reserve. And he keeps failing to acknowledge that and just says that they're letting the city down and letting the fans down. I mean, that's, is, I don't know, boy, that's rough. It, it, it is. Um, and, and it's maddening for me. But he's my father. He's my best friend. I love him. So I, I don't so, so, Not to love your dad. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't make so, that very clear. So, so, so I put up with it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and I try to talk him off the ledge, even though he doesn't watch the games. We've talked about this. But when it's you're watching. It's a weird bit, too. It, it is. <laughs> it is. such a weird bit. It, <laughs> there's, so, um, there's so much weird in this sense. He's so distraught about the Ravens potentially not winning a Super Bowl. It's, but he doesn't watch it. It makes no sense to me, and I, I have to te text him like every day about this. It's so weird to me. But anyway, you're watching the game, and you're watching the team struggle to get the ball down the field in the first half. You're watching them consistently run draws on third and short, quarterback draws, running back draws that literally get stuffed right at the line, and then you want to rip your hair on. You're yelling at, Craig, at Greg Roman. And that's where it's hard to separate from when you're watching the game and then realizing, wait a second, what are they supposed to do? They have no, they have nobody, and I was actually surprised Kevin Harlan acknowledged this in the broadcast yesterday, where he said the Ravens are missing their best players on offense and defense, and somehow they're still in this game. Well, I mean, I I, I think there are a lot of people around football who acknowledge that the Ravens. 
There's this bit where somebody will say, well, everybody deals with injuries. Okay, and that, to not some like extent this. that's true, but not, no, not in any way like this. And some of it is self-inflicted, right? Like, it's not, it's the Ravens' own fault they thought Alejandro Villanueva was a football player. Absolutely. And they don't get a pass for that. As I said, that's the one that, again, I, I did everything in my power to try to find someone on the planet who thought that was a good decision and thought that the Ravens had found something and, you know, it was a coup. I did everything in my ability to find someone inside of an organization, on the fringe. I, mean, I did everything. I spent more time. And I, I talked about this on the postgame show yesterday. I was almost obsessed because the Ravens get things right so frequently that when I'm convinced that they're wrong, I really try to back that up because they've proven to be right so often. That it makes me think, well, maybe I'm wrong, right? Like, maybe I'm missing something here. I did way more work on Alejandro Villanueva than a one-year tackle signing should have ever suggested I do. But I poked around. I called on sources, people that I don't normally call, and just said, look, I, what am I missing here? And I got a resounding, you're not missing anything. This doesn't make any sense. There was no one that I spoke to that seemed to think that this was even a modicum of a good idea. They don't get a pass for Alejandro Villanueva, and you don't get to say, like, well, he wasn't supposed to be the left tackle. Yeah, but he was supposed to be the right tackle, and how did it look when he was there? They decided Alejandro Villanueva was an answer as a fifth of their offensive line going into this season. And I get it. He's a very respected person. I mean, we talked to Tyus Bowser and Patrick Queen about him a couple weeks ago. I mean, they brought him up without even me asking. And they were going on about how much reverence the football team has for Alejandro Villanueva. And I do certainly think, I, like, I w they never admit it, but I think that was a part of the decision the Ravens make, is he's such a respected figure that I, I think in a lot of ways that you want him to be something even when he's not. They don't get a pass for that. I don't get to sit back and say, well, it's not their fault Alejandro Villanueva's got to play. Well, no, it is. They chose him. He was the guy that they wanted to have come play tackle for them. Now, it's, they certainly didn't expect that Ronnie Stanley was going to miss another season, but they thought Alejandro Villanueva was going to be a football player for them this season. And that was a mistake that the Ravens made. Now, they get a lot of things right, and it would be okay probably if, if you missed on one, as if you didn't have this string of bad luck. There was no world in which they could have possibly thought that Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman were going to be their running backs. There was no world in which they could have possibly thought that they were going to be dealing with what they're dealing with in the secondary right now. These are challenges that go beyond every team is dealing with injuries. And do I love every third down call? No. No. Not at all. But on the whole, when you go back and try to figure out, given the situation, given everything that they were dealing with, on the whole, was Greg Roman more of a positive or a negative yesterday? He was more of a positive. Because it's insane that they were able to figure anything out with the pieces that they were given. It's nuts they can make that work in order to get back into that football game and give themselves a chance. And 
it, it, it's the eternal, in a strange way, it might have just been better for us as a community if the Ravens had just gotten their ass kicked yesterday. Because then it's easier to sit back and say, well, this is what happens when you lose all your players and when you're playing a backup quarterback. You're e- it's easier to make peace with it. It's easier to just deal with it when they just get their ass kicked, when it's just in your face. We did a halftime show yesterday when the Ravens were getting bludgeoned where all of the comments were, I can't even be mad. I mean, look at what they're dealing with. How can I even be mad? And then on the post-game show, everybody was pissed off because they had a chance. And when a team has a chance and fails, all of a sudden you're angry. All of a sudden there's much to be angry about. Yesterday would have been another game in the narrative. If they if, if they recover that onside kick and they go down and they score they score those points. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, as soon as they got the recovery, I'm like, they're winning this game. Because they they weren't supposed to. Right. And how do you recover an onside kick? It would have been like the latest game in this narrative that the Ravens have a horseshoe. Right. But it was just uh, you don't see it. You just don't see it. And I'm 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 watching this and I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm like, are they really gonna pull another one out? I don't know how you could be mad. That they didn't win the game when it's insane. They 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 almost they almost did. Well, I mean that part of it, like I, you don't you don't get credit for almost winning a football right, game. You don't, but like but it's nuts. It's nuts that they were even in the game. Exactly. It's nuts. It's insane that they were even competitive in the game. It's bonkers that that group of football players was. In the football game. They take nothing away from the guys that were out there. They're taking nothing away from Tyus Bowser and Patrick Queen. Those are legitimate NFL players. They're, it's not as if Rashad Bateman's very clearly a re- legitimate NFL player. Mark Andrews is clearly. There, are, there were a handful of legitimate NFL players that were on the field yesterday. And a lot of guys who are not. Or who are fringe NFL players. And. We'll do the thing where people will say, look, the season's just over. This team can't win a Super Bowl. And we're already starting to hear from people who are like, well, they're just better off if Lamar Jackson doesn't return because at least he won't get hurt, right? Like, at least he won't suffer a serious injury. And that's silly, right? If Lamar Jackson can play, he's going to play. That's the way it's going to go. And you look around and you're reminded – I guess the Chiefs are maybe the team that people are going to start fearing again. I guess that's true, and, and we all know how well the Patriots have played. Um, there Maybe somebody would say the AFC is going back to being top-heavy when you look at those two teams in particular and you identify those teams as being the top of the AFC at the moment. So you might argue that it's the, the conference is top-heavy again, but the totality of the season doesn't necessarily dictate that. Like, it's more... We're coalescing around the idea that those two teams are separating themselves. I, I still don't live in a world where I believe that those are teams that you can't beat. I mean, I just don't believe that. Now, I'm not going to do the thing where you say, well, in fact, you beat the, the Chiefs earlier in the year. Because clearly, that was a much different scenario for the Ravens than what they're dealing with right now. I, it, they're, they're almost not the same team. I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't compare it at the moment. But man, um, I, it, it unfortunately, I hate saying it is what it is. I hate it because it's such a dismissive thing to say. But it is. It is kind of an is what it is situation. You're you're in the spot that you're in. 
You got the players that you have. You don't have the players that you don't. There's nothing that you can do about it today other than find out what's going on with Lamar Jackson and go get ready to play another football game and see what happens. The Chiefs were written off a few weeks ago. The Ravens are going to be written off right now. If Lamar Jackson plays this Sunday and can be Lamar Jackson again, they'll have a chance to beat the Packers. It's asking a lot, but it's not impossible. And I don't want to be disrespectful to Tyler Huntley. This is still the NFL. It's not as if it's completely impossible that a Tyler Huntley-led Ravens team could figure out a way to win a game. It's not. It's unlikely. It's not within reason to assume it or to expect it or, frankly, even to believe it. But we know it's not impossible because we see goofy things occur in the National Football League all the time. It's frustrating. It's all frustrating. I'm I'm working through a bunch of different things here. It's a frustrating feeling to have because you're only a few weeks removed from genuinely buying into the idea. Like going into that Miami, Miami game, this team was the team to beat in the AFC given everything they had been through up to that point. It's frustrating to be sitting here now and having that sort of despair feeling as if the season is over. And that that does to us leads us to go to places and just yell and scream and fire this guy and fire that. It's just we 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 lose the capability of thought. And and I, I you know, I, I get it. I, I to some extent I get it, but I can't I'm I can't entertain you. When it comes to that, I can't join you. I can't waste my time because you have decided that's the way that you feel or the way that you want to go. All right, today's show is also brought to you by uh, your Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, try Chick-fil-A catering from Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese. Enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. We are going to dish out some slaps to the helmet today. They did play a game. There was a game that occurred. And I do want to know who it is individually you think is most deserving of scorn for their performance in the defeat. So get me your slaps to the helmet at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. It's a... I don't. I, I was really thinking about it. I don't think I could go more than like seven guys that I think could make the list. I, I I've got the five that I've got. I think there were about two others that I thought about and and bailed on. I I think it's about seven guys. I think it's about seven guys that can could make the list for me. Um, but get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We'll share them throughout the course of the day. I uh, saw a report uh, from uh, Jeff Zrebeck uh, this morning um, that uh, they were going to bring Tony Jefferson in for a workout, given the depleted secondary. Sure. I mean, sure. I, Tony Jefferson's had other looks this season. He was with the 49ers briefly. I, my gut is at this point that Tony Jefferson doesn't have much to offer, but he is a He's certainly a popular figure, I can tell you that much. He is a well-respected. He is an unbelievably respected figure. Beyond even I would say his football accomplishments. Like it's it's understanding why certain understandable why certain guys are respected. I was blown away. Tony Jefferson's been a good player, but not even a particularly high-level player. He was revered within that locker room. I'm telling you that as a fact. So, you know, even if he's 
a little bit less of a player at this point? Could he help you in some way, in some capacity, maybe? So I, I've got no problem with giving a look at Tony Jefferson. He's, he's not a cornerback, and that's part of the issue now is that you can say you need safety help, but you really need cornerback help, and there's just nothing out there. I mean, there's no one that's available in December of the season that's going to be able to help you at cornerback. You, you either needed one of these guys that was pressed into duty to surprise everyone and be a far better player than was expected because you're just not finding that guy on the scrap heap. They're not, they're not available. Cornerbacks are too valuable to each team. You have to have lots of good cornerbacks, and so teams tend to stockpile them as much as they possibly can. It's, it's a horrible place to be dealing with this type of problem at this point in the season is to need cornerbacks because they're just not available. You can't get them. Um, it's a bummer. <laughs> I wish you could. I wish... There were just cornerbacks that were out there that you could sign off the street and they could come in and they could help you, but it's just not reality. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. <laughs> I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles, and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Day. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressboxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. The next Taz Bowser Show is Tuesday, December 21st at Skipjacks on Bel Air Road in Overly. The show is brought to you by Pressbox. 
Box, Great Eights Memorabilia, Window Depot Baltimore, WindowDepotBaltimore.com, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy's GarageMD.com, and the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard joins the show courtesy of my bookie. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Monday edition of the program. I hope you're able to uh, get out and make a bet this weekend. Finally able to do it. It's a good thing I wasn't there because I did not have a great weekend in terms of betting. But... um, it's just, it is a good thing that it's something we're able to do. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. I'm going to be there on Wednesday. I'm putting some bets in while I'm there. Encourage you to get out and uh, check out Live Casino Hotel and the new FanDuel Sportsbook. We're very excited that you are finally able to legally bet on sports in the state of Maryland. Look, if you bet the Ravens to cover, you were a winner. You were a winner because the number, at least when I got it, was two and a half. So there's that. Got the old got the old emergency cover, and I did care for that. All right, uh, a couple people that have gotten in so far this morning from, from Sean in Ohio. Hey, Sean in Ohio. After the first half, I thought we were toast. The fact that they came back says never give up on this team. The Packers are beatable. Look how the Bears played them yesterday. I still think we'll win the division. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I don't know where I am with that, Sean. Do I still think they can? 100%. I still think the Ravens can win the division for sure. But I, I, I really do believe that this comes down to figuring out what the answer is on Lamar Jackson. I, I think Tyler Huntley's a neat story and he's likable, but I, I, I think that we are disguising or we are, we are hiding from the realities of what happened yesterday because we want to root for the guy, and I and I have no problem with that. Like on again, given the expectations, Tyler Huntley has exceeded them, but we have to acknowledge that's because of how low the expectations are. He he fumbled the ball twice yesterday, one which directly led to a touchdown, the other of which was at a point in which the Ravens were marching towards scoring position. That's a ten point swing on those two plays, at least. I mean, the Ravens might have scored a touchdown on the other one. I don't. I didn't feel as though anything good was happening at the end of the half. I didn't think they were marching in to score, but they still gave up seven instead that they never needed to give up. Those are critical. If that was a, if that was Lamar Jackson, if that was a real quarterback, we'd be killing them over those two things occurring. And if. Tyler Huntley's going to have to be the quarterback for the rest of the season, and we got We don't know, but if he's going to, that it can't happen. You don't just get to say, well, he's not supposed to be the starter. Whoever is playing quarterback can't do those things. And again, we all know the context. We can all sit back at the end of the year and say, well, this isn't the guy that's supposed to be here. You're not judging him in whether he's going to be your quarterback next year or not. That is not part of the plans in Baltimore for Tyler Huntley to be someone who plays. But this bit where because they started moving the ball, we're, we're, we're just going to forget about the other things that occurred, it's a bad bit. We have to acknowledge that. Now, somebody might say, okay, but is it possible 
he could get better if he has to play more. Yeah, it's possible, but there's a limit. I mean, like we can't we can't pretend, you know, that the missed throw to Marquise Brown is quarterbacks miss throws, but that's a tragic one to have missed. And there were two late in the game where Marquise Brown was open down the field and he missed both of them. The ball does not look good. He is not a high-level thrower of the football. I get it. Again, context, undrafted free agent, guy with very little NFL experience. But the bit where people are trying to make Tyler Huntley Lamar Jackson, you guys, you guys, it's another, it's one of the many bad bits. Bad bit. I intentionally didn't listen to sports talk radio on the way in today because I I, I knew fans were going to be calling in saying that, that, the, the Flacco apologists, basically, saying that Lamar Jackson should sit and Tyler Huntley should be the quarterback of this team. Well, I mean, I don't think that has anything to do with. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know what that has to. What does that have to do it's with not, Flacco? The, the people that, lo- that, that love Joe Flacco and thought that he should have started that playoff game against the Chargers and were rooting for him to play over Lamar. Well, Jackson. I don't think anybody thought he should have started the game. I think people thought that he should have gone into the game when Lamar Jackson was struggling. But but they're generally there's there's a there's a, uh, uh, a set amount of people who don't like Lamar Jackson. But I think and this is a. I think there's a. These are two different things, right? I think that a lot of the people that just don't like Lamar Jackson happen to not like. The, I mean, we just got to be honest about it. It's the color of his skin. Yeah. And Tyler Huntley, like that's why I don't think it has. It's anything like the Joe Flacco situation. Like that's there's not a comparison here. Now I also think that eternally the backup quarterback is a, oftentimes the most popular guy in town. Mm-hmm. Um, that everybody just believes their backup quarterback can be great and. You know, there's been that's been something that's existed in football minds and brains for a long time. There are brainless things that people say, but it's it's brain the people that think that Lamar Jackson is not the Joe Banners of the world who believe that this is a fad would just say, "Well, go get the next running quarterback," because they don't have any idea what they're talking about, because they didn't see what Lamar Jackson was doing as a thrower of the football. Um, because they just don't want to. It doesn't mm. fit their narrative. It's the same thing as the Greg Roman thing. We've got to find some. Steve Smith did a video about Greg Roman, and so that's factual. Anything that fits my narrative, it's the same way we look at politics, right? Mm. Um, Fox News is always right, or this person is always right, or whatever it is, because it fits our narrative. It's it's not about fact or not. It's just once we decide what the narrative is, anything that we can glom onto that fits our own narrative is what we like and those are those are the people that are right and anybody who says anything else is wrong that's just who we are and so if we believe that what lamar jackson is doing is a fad or or can't you know you these quarterbacks don't work long term or whatever stupid thing that you think that it is then you you can be as dumb as joe banner and say this is what happens to running quarterbacks right when we all know it's what happened to a quarterback that was in the pocket like that we can we can just say stupid things because we think it can be evidence of something that fits the way that we feel. And then you can twist yourself into a pretzel trying to when somebody calls you out and says that was a passing play. I don't understand. You can twist yourself. Yeah, but it's about all the wear and tear that Lamar Jackson has taken over the year. That that's what happened. You're an idiot. I mean, there's no way of getting around that. You're you're just stupid, and you're desperate for something that that backs up the. The thing that you want to prove you're right about. You are so desirous of proving that you were right that, fact be damned, I'll find anything that might be close to the way that I felt. And there are certainly people that believe that what Lamar Jackson is doing isn't sustainable in the National Football League. And 
you can't do this. And because of that, they want to believe that you can just switch in Tyler Huntley. Are we calling Mike Nolan? Yeah, that's the, that's the phone thing. Yeah. Um, uh, it, they can just switch in Tyler Huntley and oh, you're just fine. You're just replacing one guy that can run with another guy that can run. And it's just brainless. It's, it's brainless. If you can't see the awkward way in which he was throwing the football yesterday and the difference, not to say he didn't make like the throw to Rashad Bateman down the sideline was a, was a great throw. And maybe somebody would say, well, that's what gives me hope that maybe he could become a, a passer in the NFL. Maybe next week? No, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. But maybe, you know, if, if he was given more chances in his career in the future, he could. I don't know. But no, not the guy that I'm seeing right now. That guy's not someone that I believe that you can go win a Super Bowl with. There's just no tangible evidence of that. But again, we're a narrative-driven society. It's it's just sort of who we are. It's got to fit our narrative. If it fits our narrative, we'll share it with you a million times. If it doesn't, then we pretend like it doesn't exist. Hey, cold weather is here, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For December only, get 50% off all-style windows and a house of windows for only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. Of course, part of the Ravens broadcast crew, former defensive coordinator, NFL head coach. We welcome back to the show Mr. Mike Nolan, who's with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Paul. It's good to chat with you. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you for taking the time for us. Sure. Good morning, guys. Um, you know, Mike, I'm sure you're aware it's uh, it's an unpleasant time right now in Baltimore. I, I, I guess let me ask you this. How do you measure the disappointment of a team be, having the chance the last two weeks to win these two games, and which at this point would have essentially clinched them the division if they win these two games, versus what we all know is the reality of what they're dealing with, given just how insanely depleted they are beyond something that's that's worth fitting into the idea that every team has injuries. Well, you know, it is very disappointing, as you, as you said, uh, but they are still, obviously, they're still in the driver's seat in the division, so there's reason to be optimistic from that regard. Although they do have four games against four very difficult opponents, so that's kind of tough. But uh, the last two weeks have been disappointing. There's no doubt about it, and they have been injured. Uh, but a lot of teams have injuries this time of year. The beauty in the Ravens organization is that they've always done a great job with personnel, and with as many injuries as they have, and to say this entire season's beginning in the preseason, it kind of is a real compliment to them to say, "Look, they're in the driver's seat at this point in the division." after all the injuries they, they have had. I think, I do believe this, they had every opportunity to win yesterday's game and two weeks ago, uh, but mistakes hurt them, whether it was a turnover, whether it was penalties, things like that. Those are the things that I think they can control better than they have. Um, because like I said, they are still a team that, that has enough talent to stay in that driver's seat in the division. What did you think of what you saw from Tyler Huntley? Um, I thought he got better as the game went along. But my problem with, with him, and it was the same against the Bears, is he's very careless with the football. Yeah. And, and that's the part that bothers me the most. Other than that, I think he's a good replacement for Lamar. Uh, there could be a lot of other options that aren't near as good. He, he maintains the same continuity in the offense. Nobody gets to change a lick. They call the same plays. They do the same thing. Uh, unlike some backups where you got to say, hey, look, you know what? What can we do with this guy? You know, we'll give him, give him three plays, and here we go. He could pretty much run the same offense. Will he run it this with the same effectiveness? Not quite, because he's not Lamar. But he's, he's a, you know, I think he's, he's good. Other than, like I said, he's, 
He's just got to be more secure with the football, in my uh, opinion. There's no doubt about that. Mike Nolan with us here on GCR. Mike, I, I, you know, this is a very difficult thing. It's tough for me to, to judge, right, because there, so many of these guys aren't the guys that are supposed to be there, right? And and I know that that's you still have to go play with the players that you have. I understand all of those things. But I, I am particularly alarmed by, by fan responses to, and I, I know this is eternal, right, in this town, that whenever the Ravens lose a game, it seems like everybody wants to blame the offensive coordinator. And I, I can't tell you that I loved the play call on fourth and six and that I, I thought it was one that was particularly likely to work, but – they had no run game, an offensive line that was getting their ass beat all day, and they were playing with their backup quarterback, and they figured out a way to get back into the football game and have a chance to win at the end. I am befuddled as to why the response would be afterwards, I don't I, I blame Greg Roman for this. I, I, I don't I, I think it's insane to me. <laughs> well look at we all know this, and, and Ozzy Newsom was great at saying this, is that look, this is the ultimate team sport, and it's never just one guy. It's not. It's not one person's. There's a lot more plays than just one in a ball game, and and it's, look at there's a lot of players that that that, uh, that have a lot to do with the success of every play, and yes, the coach does too, um, but rightfully so. Whether you're the head coach or the offensive coordinator, you have more of an impact on certain things than other people do. Uh, but again, I do think it's unfair to put it all down on him because he can't control the injuries that he faces. But it is his job to put them in the best situation possible going forward. So whether that's the call or not, you know that's. That's that's another discussion as far as you know, good call, bad call. As we all well know, call works, great call. Right, call right. doesn't work, bad call. That's that's always been the case. And uh, and the thing that gets me a lot of times is that people back things up with this analytic word. You know, the analytic word now is a way to no longer it's no longer my fault. Hey, analytics told me to do that. Well, <laughs> the thing that I get get kind of tickled about analytics is garbage in garbage out what information are you putting in to give you this answer that says going forward on a certain situation is right and i'm not talking specifically about the fourth and sixth i'm just talking about in general that's the thing to me everybody falls back and says well analytics told me really well let's talk about what information you use to get those analytics and then let's really talk about whether it's pertinent or not Let's talk, anyhow, let's talk more. Other, let's talk. Well, let's talk a little bit more about all of these things, right, Coach? <laughs> Let, let's let's start with the, the the you know obviously when when you bring it the fourth and sixth they had to go for it right it's the end of the game they don't have a choice there's yeah, no right. there's no analytic thought there what right. did what did you make of that call in particular again I I I struggle with it I I certainly get the concept of the call you're trying to get somebody going in the backfield and and have them catch with momentum to go get the first down and. You know, it's it's a ball that's supposed to come out quickly, and that can sort of counter whatever pressure that you're going to get on that play. But the the thing that you'll hear again from armchair quarterbacks is you have to have a, a play that's designed to get to the sticks in a situation like that. What do you make of that argument in the fourth and sixth situation? Well, there's no doubt that you're you're trying to call a play that's going to get you to that. You also have to take into consideration your opponent and what they do in that situation. So again, and that's all the game plan that goes into the particular play. So. It's always it's always a situation again whether it's fourth and six fourth and one or fourth and fifteen there's going to be something that gets you that play but again you don't just call it randomly you call it pertaining to what you think yeah, a lot of times yeah. could be this I want to get it to my best guy my most accountable guy and yet I also know that that opponent's going to probably try to take him away how do I do that do I pick you know there was a couple of good plays that they had in there with Rashad Bateman and some and the tight end in the flat where they did a nice job of picking and so forth but. Anyhow, that's really, it's really, I don't want to say it's that simple, but that really is what it comes to. Now, 
is there just one play for that situation? No, there's multiple plays. You know, there'll, there'll be more than that in his in his playbook. And after the fact, if it works, then obviously you feel great. And if it doesn't, you're feeling like, damn, maybe I should have gone to this play. What do you make of their decision to go for two when it was a 15-point game? They cut it down to nine, and, and John Harbaugh decided to go for two then to try to make it a seven-point game instead of waiting and keeping it a, you know, a quote, one-possession game down mm-hmm. to the final stretch. When that when that happened, I, I was I was I immediately thought I want to hear what he says after the game as far as why I did or he didn't because that is an analytical you know that's that's what that is that's a decision based on analytics and and to me I'm I don't know what I didn't listen to the the press conference after the game to hear what he I had mean to he say, was but. he was pretty dismissive of the debate he he sort of said it was a non decision you go for it and I, and I, and his argument it's the one that I I probably have come around on or and it's it's sort of what I said in the moment we were doing post game yesterday coaches the argument was you you want to know whether you want to know earlier if you didn't convert the two point conversion because tactically it gives you advantage of of the plays that you're calling knowing you're still trailing by two possessions versus the idea that you know if you score in the final minute and tie it up and then fail on the two point conversion you don't have any time to adjust your decision making back mm-hmm. on that it's, you know I, I would agree with that I really would I think that's sound thinking and and it is because now your your game plan again whether you get it or not you can kind of you got an opportunity to think about you know, what you have to do to still win the game as opposed to waiting for that one last moment in the game where you're trying to score that touchdown and you know for sure you have to go to two, go for two and you know you have to get it. As we all will know, things happen along the way and all of a sudden you, you get a field goal out of something that changes the whole dynamics of whether you needed a two-point play or not. So I would agree with what you just said as far as, you know, as far as that thinking process. I, I think that's a good thought. Now, again, you could go the other way with it, but they're both, it's, I don't think there's uh, too much criticism. I don't think too much criticism can go with that one. And, and I, that's, I do like to hear it. That's, that's where I am, right, Coach? I, I am very much in the it, – it, it makes – was it likely to make much of a difference one way or the other? You needed to convert a two-point conversion at some point, right? Like, if you're going to fail the two-pointer, you, you're, you're going to be in a tough spot no matter what, right? Um, exactly. I, I think there is logic in the idea of I'd rather know sooner – that we didn't get the two-point conversion because it gives me more time to figure out when I want to call my timeouts. It gives me more time to figure out if I should be airing the ball out or if I can, you know, pound the clock. You know, I just, I, I think it makes a little bit more sense in that way. What, what? I do, I, yeah, yeah, I do too. I, I'll say this. I think the thing the coaches will look at afterwards because I think he's very feels very confident in his decision for what he did when he did it, but. Now what you do as a coach is you go back and go, all right, let's talk about the play we ran. Is that the play we really want to do? Do we want to sprint mm-hmm. out to the right, mm-hmm. into the loaded coverage, blah, blah, blah? You know, what, 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 how can we counter that? So, anyway. I, I, that's a, that's, I think that's very relevant. I don't disagree with that at all. Mike, I, what do you make of the, you know, the fact that the Ravens, given everything they've been through, all of the players that they have lost, I mean, the decimation, and then yesterday – Losing their quarterback. I'm not trying to give a team credit for losing a football game, and I do. I think we need to be careful about that, right? I'm not. I'm not trying to give them points or say, you know, it's 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 like they won anyway or something like that. But I do think that it's warranted to discuss how kind of remarkable it is that trailing by 18 points in the second half of a football game, where you don't have your quarterback and half of your roster, frankly, that somehow, some way. You figured out a way to be in a game, and I, I, I don't I don't know what the most appropriate way to say it is because, again, I don't want to say it's like they won the game anyway, but it really does feel like that is truly remarkable and in some way a testament to what goes on here. 
Well, I, I think it, first off to me, I'm thinking, look, here's a team that doesn't quit. I mean, they compete to play, and that's always the Ravens. And and if they ever become something else, then you got a problem. And right now, you don't have a problem. You got the same team, whether it's the the best player or the worst player or the backup, whoever has to go in and play. Um, as as we said earlier, you know, everybody suffers injuries, but they have been decimated to a large degree. Um, and I think they do deserve a lot of credit from the standpoint that they did come back. But again, in, in the, in, when the process of coming back, the disappointment to me lies in turning the ball over, yeah. sloppy play, and then the penalties. And if you just could have eliminated those, we'd be talking a whole different game. And we'd be saying, what a comeback. And they pulled it off and they won. They could have done that against Pittsburgh. They've got four games to go. They're going to have to find a way to do the same thing. They cannot. They've just got to eliminate the mistakes and the takeaway or turnover, rather. That's a mistake. You know, that's an error just like a penalty. So they've got to play a cleaner game. When you're not as talented, you've got to play a cleaner game in order to defeat your opponent. It's that simple. Uh, there's not, there's, you know, the room for error is much less, just like when Lamar goes out, those explosive plays he does on his own that aren't even part of the diagram of the play have nothing to do with it. It's just a really good player making a great play when he's gone again, the next guy can't go in and give the ball to the opponent. It just can't happen. Uh, to your point, I mean, those two, those two fumbles were direct, you know, one, one is, as you're getting into field goal range, the other led to a touchdown the other way. That's 10 point swing on those two on those two plays, right? Like that is yeah. a legitimate ten point swing within the course of the football game, at least. Who knows? And Maybe. you can control that. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's the reality. That is absolutely the reality of the situation. I, I guess yeah. let me let me leave you with this, um uh Mike. if if we find out Lamar Jackson can't return, is this team capable of still figuring out a way to make it work with Tyler Huntley to win the division, to win games in the playoffs, or at some point, do we have to? It's it's just too much. What they're dealing with is too overwhelming. It it's 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 in. It's not just unlikely. It's unreasonable for us to expect it. Uh, no, I I think it's fully. I think you can expect it. You have to expect it. I'm looking at the four games they have to go, and they're all good opponents. Or they lost to them, the two division opponents, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. They lost to already, but the Green Bay and the Rams are two very good teams. But yes, they can beat them. And they have to beat them with their own formula. That is, run the ball. Look, nobody runs the ball better than the Ravens, in my opinion. Nobody has a better scheme for running the football than the Ravens in the entire NFL because they run a power game. They run the zone read. They run the stretch. They run it all, and they come downhill right at you. Now, do they have the same horses they had when the season began? No. But they still, from a scheme standpoint, they still put a lot of stress on opponents. And as we've seen, yes, they've lost the last couple of weeks, but they had every right to win the game. Take the turnovers out of the ball game. Continue to be who you are, and just play good, tough, hard-nosed football like the Ravens know to play in December. And I think they've got every chance to win them. Now, get to the playoffs. Look, we just take it as it comes when you get there, because obviously that's when it really counts, and you get everyone's very best at that time. But along the way, to beat Green Bay, to beat Cincinnati, to beat the Rams, to beat Pittsburgh, yes, they can do it. But again, you got to be mistake-free. No different than yesterday. Eliminate the turnovers, eliminate the penalties at, at the bad time, and and you got a victory. Whether it's by one point or ten, you got a victory. No doubt. All right, Mike Nolan. Anything we can plug for you, sir? Nothing at all. Hey, uh, man. Just, just come on, Ravens, get a victory. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. We'll all we we will support that entirely. Coach, have always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy the holidays. Let's talk again real soon. All right. It's... Thank you. Always a pleasure to be on. Mike Nolan checking in with us here on GCR, former Ravens defensive coordinator, NFL head coach. Appreciate him taking the time for us. We're going to talk more about that uh, decision-making uh, here in a minute, but 
I'm openly telling you, and I know Paul Sabin from ESPN agrees, so we're not going to be particularly contentious. Um, I, I don't think it was likely to make a significant difference, and 538 wrote about this some time ago. It's it's not – this is not one where the difference in whether you go for two or go for one there, the percentages do not suggest that it drastically – that it, it changes your win percentage when you run through all these numbers in such a way that you have to do one or the other. But that's sort of – that's why it's so silly to argue or yell about John Harbaugh deciding to do it this way. The, the most likely scenario is it was, it was the right decision because of what we're talking about. It buys you the time – to know that you need a backup plan. You got to get a two-point conversion at some point. If you're going to convert it, it doesn't matter when you convert it, right? You convert it early, you convert it late, irrelevant. But if you're going to miss it, you're better off knowing that you missed it with nine minutes to go when there is still time for you to make decisions that can get you back into the game otherwise versus missing it with 30 seconds to go. That's the worst time that you can miss a two-point conversion. But if you make it, it doesn't matter when you make it. So the most likely scenario is it was the right decision. But the worst possible way of describing it is it was an unnecessary decision. There's no, there's not, no argument for it was the wrong decision. There's just nothing that can back that up. This thing that you want to do, you say, well, you want to try to keep it a one-possession game for as long as you want. That, that's, that makes you feel better. I mean, it's the guarantee fairy. It's, it's nice. Yeah, your daughter's not missing, right? Like, you like all those things, but if you miss the two-point conversion with 30 seconds left, it's irrelevant that you were still in the game with 30 seconds left. That is that is of no bearing or no help to you whatsoever. So I kept saying, my buddy Sam was trying to go on about this last night. Until someone proves that you're more likely to convert a two-point conversion in the final two minutes of a game than you are with nine minutes to play. I mean, if you... If that data exists that proves that teams, for whatever reason, are the defense's panic in the final few minutes and, and you're more likely to convert a two-point conversion in those last two minutes, you'd need that data in order to justify being mad about the decision that John Harbaugh made, which I don't have, nor was I able to find. And I did. I, I poked around for a while trying to find that data and couldn't find it. But we'll talk about that more here in a minute with uh, Paul Saban from ESPN. Our number one of today's show is in the books. It is also brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. We will be back one week from tomorrow night for the final Tyus Bowser Show of the season. We will be at uh, Skipjacks on Bel Air Road in Overly. Looking forward to that. Tyus Bowser Show brought to you by Pressbox, Great Eights Memorabilia, My Bookie, Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. We'll see you on Tuesday the 21st for the Tyus Bowser Show. Talk more about those analytical decisions from John Harbaugh next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mmm. 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. From all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Glory Days Grills got that seasonal menu right now with all of those comfort foods that you love, including the short rib grilled cheese sandwich. Ooh, so tasty. Also, the center cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char grilled pork tenderloin. Uh, the grilled meatloaf sandwich, the smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, a Brussels and bacon appetizer, and so much more. At your neighborhood, Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website to find out more and get your order in. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. And I've got even better news. We can confirm we will be doing a coat drive, clothes drive collection event this Thursday night at Glory Days Grill in Towson. And I've got a special guest lined up to come out and hang out with us. Drew and I are going to be there from 6.30 to 8.30. And i got a special guest who's scheduled to stop by around 7 o'clock. And you're going to be pretty excited. I, I can't tell you who it is, but you're going to be pretty excited. Um, if you're a Baltimore sports fan, it's going to be a pretty cool opportunity for you to meet this person, get a picture. Um, I, I, you're just going to have to trust me. All you got to do is bring out your coats and clothes. We need them to help Helping Up Mission this Thursday night, Glory Days Grill in Towson. All right, we're going to switch some things around this hour. Uh, someone who was always good to us and makes time for us. He is the former Chargers team doctor, now with OutKick. And, 
You see him, of course, on Twitter, at ProFootballDoc. He is Dr. David Chow, and he's joined us right here on GCR. Doctor, I know you're busy. Thank you so much for squeezing us in for a couple of minutes this morning. Uh, no problem. How are you? Well, you know, you're about to tell us how we are, I think. <laughs> Doctor, you know how this goes. Um, you, you saw what you saw on the play yesterday with Lamar Jackson. What was your initial reaction when you saw it? Well, it didn't look horrible, but I couldn't see exactly what happened to the left ankle or, or sorry, the right ankle or foot because of uh, the uh, the player's torso was on his ankle slash foot. So I couldn't see how exactly it was trapped. And obviously he didn't return to the game. But post-game, with the short boot that he has on, that pretends very positively. If that were a high ankle sprain that was significant, he would be on crutches. If that was a high ankle sprain of any sort, he would have a bigger boot on. The size of the boots, I'm sure the Ravens travel well-stocked. You know, right. They didn't, they didn't put the pursuit. wrong size boot on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they didn't put the wrong size boot on. Come on. And, and so, thus, I, I, I think uh, it portends good news. The issue, though, of course, is... I'm quite sure Lamar can play from the pocket, but obviously his mobility is a big part of his game. And that's what gets the eight man boxes that makes it easier to throw against. So the question is how mobile will he be? I don't see this as surgery. I don't see this as long term. I think it's short term. But how much time and how effective this next week is the question. All right, let's 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 talk about that. When you say short term, are, are you saying that if it is indeed a low ankle sprain, like uh, uh, someone would be capable of playing the following Sunday in the NFL? Yeah, and look, uh, and this is not anything negative at all to Lamar Jackson. If anything, it's praising how great he is and what makes him great. I mean, if this were... Philip Rivers or Tom Brady. I mean, they play the next week, not because they're tougher than Lamar Jackson, but they're pocket guys. They they don't rely on the other stuff. They don't have the ability to do all the other stuff that Lamar can do. So that's where I think the question mark comes in. How mobile can he be? So my guess would be, you know, Doc, that that you know what you're talking about is relevant, but it if they believe he can play, my gut is the Ravens would have him play. I, th- I think the question becomes what you're alluding to is if he plays, is, and, and, and by the way, we do this silly thing. You, I'm sure you, you, you laugh every time you hear somebody say, is he 80%? Is he, like, like there's some video game register that shows you exactly what percentage of healthy a player is, right? Um, <laughs> but, but what you're alluding to, and, and the question sort of exists is, are you getting some sort of limited version of what makes Lamar Jackson great? Yeah, and I think that's the question mark. I mean, if you want to compare Lamar Jackson to... Uh, Patrick Mahomes in the last Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes had the turf toe, a little bit different. And he was mobile enough to get around, but there were no designed runs for him that game, right? And so the question is, how mobile will Lamar be? But the good news is, I don't see him in a cast. I don't see this surgical. I don't see this as an injured reserve stint. It's just, you know, uh, how fast the recovery is, and recovery is never overnight. It's not like binary. If he plays, he's 100%. If he doesn't play, he's zero, as you say. And and as the week goes, if we see some video and other things at the website, we actually do put up something called a Sports Injury Central or SICK score, uh, where we sort of rate people in terms of percent of health as best as possible uh, in terms of overall what, what there might be. ProFootballDoc.com, of course, is that website, at ProFootballDoc on Twitter for Dr. David Chow. Um, 
Doc, with all this being said, the 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 difference, of course, for those that, that hear this say, I don't understand. Why is it such a why, – why were you relieved? What would the difference be in it being a low ankle versus a high ankle? Can you try to explain that to people? Well, high ankle sprains linger, last longer. High ankle sprains, more often than not, not 100%, there's different degrees, varieties, end up with an IR three-week or more stint. I mean uh, everyone from you know uh, Chase Edmonds most recently but there's a, a lot of people out there Kareem Hunt actually has a mild high ankle uh etc so the low ankle sprain is more of a basketball inversion ankle sprain and if you go back to be it my Twitter timeline or elsewhere other people that people follow you see the boot that Lamar is in it it's pretty low a high ankle sprain, that boot would barely cover it, right? And so uh, I don't think the Ravens medical staff put the wrong boot on. What do you make, Doctor, when when inevitably there's somebody who says, the Ravens are dealing with an ungodly number of injuries. There, there has to be a problem internally. There has to be a problem with their strength and conditioning, their medical staff. When, when you hear people say things like that, what, what do they need to know? Well, I think what they need to know is you need to to have a dissection of what the injuries were, right? And, okay, let's say early season, everyone says, oh, the Ravens running backs, there has to be something wrong. They say there's something wrong with the field. But they weren't all hurt on the same field, right. also, those three as a running back. So that can't be. And, and so injuries sometimes are just bad luck, sometimes do have to do with other things. I don't think it really has to do with the – medical staff from the perspective is I used to always tell my GM when he'd get mad at me, uh, I, I would say, uh, look, I'm Paul Revere. I'm not the British. I mean, I'm not hurting these people. Right, I'm just I'm telling just you that they're hurt. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? I mean, so, uh, any case, uh, I think you'd have to do a thorough analysis. It's way too simplistic. Look, you could say it's the way they practice in, in coach. It could say that they're, right? I mean, I'm not saying that it is. Right. I'm just it could you could blame, and I'm not blaming anyone. You could blame GMs for drafting people that are uh, more likely injured or coming in injured or signing them. Right? It depends on the individual situation, and I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying there's lots of different factors that can go into it. Is is it is it fair to say that it is possible that you can end up with 20 guys on RR and it could all just be an incredibly unfortunate set of circumstances? It it absolutely is possible, and one of the things I always say is injuries beget injuries. How is that? Well, when you have a position group that starts to get injured, uh, now you, let's say an offensive line group, and then you start shuffling positions and people are playing out of position, and then, or any position group where, uh, look, uh, if the backup is now the starter, do you think the special teams coach lets him off of special teams? No, the guy does that double duty. Right, and uh, so now they're run harder and 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 uh, more tired and other things. And injuries beget injuries, and that's one of the things that that has happened. And once it starts on a team, and then look, you sign guys that perhaps aren't as healthy or aren't as talented or good because you need to fill the roster spot. And those guys revving their engines high potentially have a higher chance of injury, right? That's kind of what I mean. So I'm not blaming anybody, but I think uh, it's something that I've long talked about, injuries to get more injuries. All right, Pro Football Doc, again, on Twitter, and profootballdoc.com is his website. 
Dr. Chow, anything else we should be monitoring this week when it comes to Lamar Jackson that can give us more information as things go on? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I missed that there. No, is there anything else we can monitor? Like, does it does it matter if we see that Lamar Jackson practices on Wednesday, or should we all be like, hey, everything's everything's great now. We got nothing to worry about. Well, I mean, I I would say everything's great, nothing to worry about if he's a full practice, which I would doubt, and I see good video of him moving around, right? You know, from your beat reporters. So that's what I'd be waiting for. Right. So, anyways, I appreciate it. Thank you for for squeezing me in. Oh, I got to run and hop. I appreciate. Yep, it. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great holiday. All right. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. Dr. David Chow, ProFootballDoc.com, of course, at ProFootballDoc on Twitter. And he's a very busy man, but found a way to get in with us for a couple minutes this morning, and we appreciate that. And I, I certainly understand what it is that he's saying. Um, there is there is this thing where, yes, you, you could be capable of playing, but given the uniqueness of what Lamar Jackson does, could that be impacted in some way? We were trying to talk about that yesterday. It's just so... The people that, uh, and it was my buddy Randy who was like, well, would you rather have 75% of Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley? And it's just, it if there was some way to know that, it would become a relevant discussion. I get what you're trying to say. I, I, I don't think you're ridiculous for asking the question. I get what he was trying to say. It's just that that's not practical for the Ravens. There isn't a button that they can press and see, this is not a video game. You're at 75% health. This person's at 100% health. That thing does not exist. Now, you can see what he's capable of doing. They can watch that throughout the course of the week. And if he's on the field and he is particularly hampered or limited in his mobility, and given what you're dealing with in your offensive line and given what his skill set is, you say, this isn't going to work. You've got to be able to move better than this or we can't put you out there then they're not going to put him out there. It's the reality. Like they're going to it's not a percentage play. They're going to see can you move around enough to play quarterback for us in the National Football League on Sunday. And if you can't, if this if the ankle is hindering you, if it's giving you such pain that you can't move, then we're not going to have you play. It's the way it's going to go. Tyler Huntley will not be a factor in this decision. This decision will be entirely based on Lamar Jackson because he's Lamar Jackson. And there, there might be a college somewhere where they have two quarterbacks on their roster that are essentially the same, and if one guy's not fully healthy, they just say, play the other guy. He's fully healthy. Lamar Jackson is significantly different than Tyler Huntley. And so the Ravens will look. And they'll say, you know, if, if you've got full mobility, if, if you're able to do the things we need you to do, let's go. Let's get out after it. We're going to go play the Packers on Sunday. And if he doesn't, then that's the end of that. It, it just, they won't, Tyler Huntley will not factor in to what the Ravens decide to do with Lamar Jackson come Sunday. They're not going to say, well, you know, we, we thought we saw a couple things out of Tyler Huntley. Maybe we'll just give that a shot for the week. They'll make a decision. Do they think Lamar Jackson can play and play at the level that they need him to play in order to win? And if they do, that's who's going to play on Sunday. And if they don't, you get your answer that way. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. UnderdogFantasy.com. Download the Underdog app. When you deposit up to $100 and use the code PRESSBOX, we're matching it with free money for you to play with. And you got player props. You got parlays. 
You got the daily and weekly traditional fantasy games all available to you, multitude of different sports. So even as football season's winding down, you can still play basketball, you can play hockey. Hopefully you'll be able to play baseball, but that's not really up to them. That's up to somebody else. It's all available underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app. We will discuss the analytics stuff. We're going to do that next with Paul Sabin from ESPN. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com I love driving my tractor trailer, and just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Fries as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. That's Ken Zalis, and you're going to hear him Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. for the PressBox Fantasy Football Show. We're into the fantasy playoffs. you got questions. He's got answers. Set your lineups for playoff. Um, if you made it, I guess that is. Hopefully you did. You look like you didn't. No, I, I defeated my wife. Ah, that's very important. She had four important. losses all season, and two of them were to me. That's right. Paul just admitted that he beat his wife. Yep. 
It's very awkward. She had it coming. Oh, Jesus. No, it's not. <laughs> in fantasy football, let's, everyone. Let's in there. fantasy football. Maybe went one step too far. Uh, nah, um, well, that's good. I'm happy for you. So uh, fantasy playoff week this week. Uh, set your lineups with uh, Ken Zalis this Thursday morning, 1130 a.m., Facebook.com slash slash radio. It's all brought to you by Glory Days Grill, CCBC, and the Maryland Department of Transportation. So some of you have problems with uh, some of John Harbaugh's recent decision-making. Let's see if we can't get some, uh, some, some correct answers and figure out if what he's doing actually makes sense or not. Joining us now... Um, this man, I'd say far smarter than Paul or I, which again, low bar, but that's why I said far smarter than, than we are. Um, he is an analytic mind. He is a sports data scientist. God, if they had told me that in science class, I probably would have paid a little bit more attention back in the day. Uh, working with ESPN, and he's a professor as well at Virginia Tech. He is Paul Saban, and he joins us now here on GCR. Paul, it is Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, so let me let me start with the two-point conversion decision yesterday because I already saw your tweet about it, and and I think that, that people kind of understand it, but I, I, I'll i just go back and flip it, and I, just for the sake of the conversation, someone might say, well, Paul, what, if they had gone for one the first time and gone for two and failed the second time, they still could have tried to cover an onside kick, and if they had, they'd be in the exact same place that they would have been anyway. Why would they have been in any advantage given it the way that they did it yesterday? Yeah, I think uh, the assumption that's made there is that the teams are going to play the same style of play either way, and that's just not true. And so I know I heard on the CBS commentary after the game that they were talking about analytics doesn't take that into account, which is wrong. We actually do, like the numbers do take into account uh, how teams choose to play given certain scenarios, and that's exactly why it was the right decision. So when you are, say they had done that and they were only down eight points, and there were a couple three and outs exchanged on, on either side of the, for each team after the first touchdown, right? They're down eight points, and then, okay, so then they, but then if you score again and you're Baltimore and you leave a minute on the clock, um, you don't do an onside kick because if, (laughs) or even, you know, you, even if you get it, like, then the Browns have a minute, say they still had a minute left, and, and then a field goal for the Browns is like pretty reasonable assumption that they're going to be able to go 40 yards and kick a field goal in the right direction of the field right. with a minute left. And so you're still losing the game in that situation. Well, what the Ravens did is they said, we can now change our style of play because we know the result of the two-point play earlier. And because they had to do the two-point play, they failed. They were able to take more risky decisions, as in throwing longer passes or throwing the ball more. If they hadn't done that, they probably would have run the ball more, chewed up more clock, and then they would have, you know, that which would have been a smart thing to do if you're down eight. Right. You don't want to give, you don't want to tie the game just to give the Browns a chance to win. Right. You want to, you want to, you want to try to tie it up with 20 seconds left, something like that, where they don't have a chance right. to go. And then you're basically putting the entire game on that, whether you convert the two point conversion or not. It's... Exactly. So what they did is they didn't get it, but they still had a chance to win the game at the end, which is quite incredible considering where they were earlier in the fourth quarter. So let me let me t- pick after a couple of things, just for the, again for the sake of the fun of the argument, right? In um, having this conversation with a couple people last night, 
they brought up the idea of momentum, that you, you keep yourself in it, and if you've rallied back this far in the final minute, that you have built up momentum and the other team is on their heels, and maybe that makes you more likely to convert the two-point conversion at that point. Do we have any data at all about whether or not teams convert two-point conversions at higher clips if they score touchdowns in, say, the final two or three minutes of the game? Not that I've seen anything convincing of that nature. And, and, and any of these analysis, right, takes into account things like that. Like, based on past data, do teams score at higher rates? And, and really, no. I mean, at the end of the game, uh, two-point conversions are, are difficult, right? It's, it's an all-or-nothing play, and you have a short field to do it. So uh, there's, there's not enough evidence to really suggest that. I could see why someone might believe that, but absence of, of the data telling us that, it, you can't just definitively assume that that's true. It, the, the data essentially, what we, what we are to operate with, essentially assumes that a two-point conversion is about as likely, no matter what the circumstances are when you try it, right? Like, is, that, is that the general data that we work with when we make these decisions? Yeah, I mean, for, for the most part, obviously one thing that the models, at least the public models, don't usually take into account is maybe like something like an injury. But that being said, I'm, the Ravens are sophisticated enough. I bet that their decision analysis probably does take into account at least major injuries like to the quarterback like we had yesterday. But it's a two-point play. I mean, the quarterback is going to have a very limited impact on one single play when it's only for two yards versus, of course, you know, if, if Lamar Jackson was there for the whole game yesterday over many, many plays, of course you would think he'd have a much bigger impact on the outcome. Um, but on just one play for just two yards, I mean, Tyler Huntley, the drop-off for one play is going to be minuscule at best. He is Paul Sabin. Of course, he is a sports data scientist, and he is with us here on GCR, works with ESPN as a professor at Virginia Tech. Um, and Paul, and just, just one more thought about all of this. 538 wrote some time ago, um, and, and as I was doing some of my own research, that their data says ultimately in this nine-point situation that we're talking about, there is not such a difference that there is an obvious call one way or the other, which kind of makes sense, right? Like, are you are, what, what you just pointed out, it's so unlikely for a team to get back in it in a situation like this that... I understand why the data would probably work out. You'd say it's it's minuscule how much it really changes things when you make your decision. But to me, that that also proves why it's absurd to to yell or to disagree with John Harbaugh, right? Like the 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 the, the logic that you lay out is very sound. And the worst case scenario is it didn't really change all that much your chance of winning the game. There's there's still no argument to me that's presented in which it can be a bad thing to try to make the decision when you make it. No, and, and I think I, mean, I think Ravens fans are extremely lucky and take for granted just how sophisticated their front office has been over the last number of years and building up you know, tons of quantitative people in the background that are working on these types of problems. And then you have a head coach who, you know, he's not a young guy per se, but he listens to them and he probably tries to understand it and he does understand it at this point. And over the years, I've seen him in press conferences go from like, well, I know my, you know, staff tells me I should have done it and gone for it in this situation. To now, he just he can give the answer as well as they could, and I think that's quite remarkable for a head coach to be able to do it. All right, so let me ask you this: What did you make of the decision at the end of the previous week's game to go for two with the game on the line in Pittsburgh against the Steelers? Um, 
yeah, that I think is much more. I'm trying to remember exactly, but if, if I remember it correctly, much more of a toss-up situation. Um, you know, it that is an all-or-nothing move, of course, and you are on the road. And typically, if you think you are the better team, just in general, if you think you're the better team, you want to prolong the game because you'll have a better chance of winning in overtime. But the problem is, in an NFL overtime, it's a coin flip, right? I mean, literally, to start the game, to start the overtime, and then, you know, if the other team gets the ball, they have one or two missed tackles, potentially ends the game. And, you know, Baltimore situation with a player like Lamar Jackson, you would, you know, I I don't disagree with it. I, I think, you know, for Harbaugh to make that decision is fine. It is a gamble. It didn't work. Um... But I think one thing that's hard for fans is that when you make decisions like that, you know, it it seems like more gut-wrenching and it it ends the game sooner, if that makes sense. But at the same time, it still probably increases your chances of winning. So, yes, they could have got kicked the extra point, gotten overtime, and lost eight minutes later um, or tied, potentially. And that might not hurt as much as a fan, but at the end of the day, an a loss is a loss, and the coach isn't really worried about, you know, the emotions of the of the fans watching or the television ratings. You know, he's trying to just maximize his team's chance to win. Given what I you, think Harp, yeah. Harbaugh has that. Given what you know about data, uh, Paul, are, are we – a lot of times you'll hear and you'll hear about high school coaches that have experimented, maybe even at lower college levels, like the coaches that just say the hell with it. We're not punting. We're not kicking. We're going for it on fourth down all the time. And – we're always going for two, and that's just the way that we're going to be. Mike Tomlin sort of flirted with that for a little while with the Steelers where he would just sort of arbitrarily just go for two. If, if we really sat down and analyzed all this data, is there an argument that, that what they're doing is really what everybody should be doing, that we should just start adapting the idea of going for it on fourth down more often than you don't, of of going for two more often than you don't. Like, does the data actually say at this point football teams should just in in general be more aggressive in more situations? I mean, in in general, yes. And but over the last several years in the NFL and college, et cetera, I mean, the rates have gone up tremendously, and yet they're still not to what we think are optimal rates. Most coaches in the net over the course of the season um, still give up some uh, chances of winning over the long run by not being aggressive enough, but it's gotten like a lot better over the time. But, you know, it's, I think it's important to differentiate the differences between like, college and the NFL, especially when it comes to going for two. I mean, in college, you have a, a three-yard, two-point play and equally short uh, extra point. But in the NFL, you know, you have the long extra point now and only a two-yard, two-point play. And so for a team, my and I wrote a story with one of my colleagues a couple of years ago about this. The Ravens are in a position with the type of quarterback that they have and the running game that they have that I honestly would never fault them for going for two practically at any time because – as great as Justin Tucker is, he hasn't missed an extra point this season. You know, there's still only like a 95% rate that most NFL kickers are making these extra points now. And so you only need, on average, you know, a 48% chance of a two-point play getting in for that to be worth more. Um, you know, if you multiply the two points times 48% versus sure. one point times, sure. you know, 95%. So, I mean, I think 
it depends on the team. Um, if you're a pass-happy team and you don't have a good short yardage plays, going for two is going to be harder, and that's one downside to that. Um, but the Ravens are very uniquely constructed in, in the modern NFL with their running game. And, and, you know, I think if there was a team that just said, you know, I'm just going to go for two every play, it should be the Ravens. Well, I'm not saying they should, but they're, they're – in the best position. Maybe maybe not this year's Ravens with this offensive line and these running backs, but I certainly the, the, the Ravens of recent years, I, I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, all the injuries and things like no, that. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you get my point. Yeah, 100%. All right, Paul Saban. Um, it's fascinating stuff. I, I know you're – it's at Saban Analytics on Twitter is how people follow you. Is there somewhere else where people can go to, to find some of the work that you're doing? Uh, I'm mostly just active on Twitter and then occasionally my – have something pop up on ESPN.com, but I always usually tweet those out. So. Okay, very good. Paul Sabin, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, sir. Have a, a great holiday, and uh, look forward to talking to you soon, all right? All right, thank you. Have a great day. It's Paul Sabin from ESPN, sports data scientist, trying to explain why it is that he agrees with John Harbaugh's decision to go for two, and uh, when he did, because we all know he had to go for two at some point, um, and again, I, I I can come around the argument from 538. I can come around to that. I I think I agree with Paul Sabin that it was it was purely the right decision. And what John Harbaugh said after the game, it, it was a it was a non decision to him. I mostly agree with that. But even if the argument was, hey, look, the reality reality says it's not likely to change much. It's basically six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Well, then what's the argument against that? The The only argument becomes, well, I think you could have done something different. And this is what we do all the time. I think you could have done something different. This play didn't work. I think you could have done something different. Well, yeah, they could have. But your presumption is that means that it would have worked. And data-wise, there's just no way of proving that about, in particular, this two-point conversion. There is just, I have no data. And I'm sure somebody that has more time to do these things this week, um, I'd like to take a break. I'd prefer that if we could. I'm sure that somebody um, who has more time this week can sort of sit down and comb through and see if teams that go for two late in games happen to have more success. I, I did my damnedest to find that, and I could not find it anywhere, but... Some people just have jobs that allow them more time to do these types of things, and maybe they'll find that out. And if it does, it certainly would be an argument. It would it would create a new layer of trying to do the math to figure out if that was the right decision. Tonight, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley are talking baseball, and they're talking it with a Hall of Famer, as Tim Kirkshen uh, from ESPN is going to join them tonight after he found out last week that he had been given the BBWAA's highest honor um, and he will be recognized in Cooperstown next summer and very deserving, obviously, the great Tim Kirkshen. He's on with Stan and Ross tonight on Facebook Live. If you miss it, then you can find it at facebook.com slash pressboxsports by clicking on the videos tab tomorrow or by going to pressboxonline.com slash video. When we come back in our weekly chat with Jeremy Kahn. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser show. The next Taz Bowser show is Tuesday, December 21st at Skipjacks on Bella Road in Overly. The show is brought to you by Pressbox. Great Eights Memorabilia, Window Depot Baltimore, WindowDepotBaltimore.com, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy's Garage MD.com, and the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard joins the show courtesy of my bookie. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.com. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Provia windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash Sports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. It's Monday. Let's catch up with our friend Jeremy Kahn, who joins us now here on GCR. Uh, dude, when are you allowed to drink? Like, What days of the week do you not have to try to mold and shape the lives of young men? Well, that's a tough question yeah. um, because I'm I, I'm probably the person that you would want most in charge exactly. of molding. That's exactly youth. the way. I was going to say this goes beyond being a basketball coach. I mean, just in general, yeah. like you are looked at, you are the Charles Barkley of your generation. You're the most yeah. identifiable role I mean, I, model. I shouldn't have to be a role model, but I do take that on. Yeah. Uh, whether it's 
uh, a physical appearance, a certain right. look you're, you you want to teach, um, how to mismanage money. Did I say manage or mismanage? Yeah, I believe mismanage you said mismanage. Money. I think that's yeah. the right way. Yeah, yeah, right. But, yeah. All those things. The whole thing. I, I, I'd still like to try to pull something off before the end of the year. Um, I'm going to be in touch with you, but it's, it's tough. We're, it's tough. It's up against it. Jeremy, for those who don't know, is now the JV basketball coach at Perry Hall High School. So when I said, Jeremy, you want to come in and do a drinking show? He's like, ah, I can come in. The thing about that is I can't drink because, I believe it or not, they frown upon that. They frown upon showing up at practice stone drunk. Uh, I could just tell him I was doing a reenactment of Hoosiers, and maybe yeah, that'll work right, out. Maybe that would be okay. So I'll punch somebody's kid, or what? You know, maybe, like all kinds of maybe. things. Maybe what about what about on the if it was Monday the twenty seventh? What about that day? Could you could you drink with us on Monday the twenty seventh? Yeah. So I, let, let's plan for that because I think technically I am uh, off from basketball. I'm going to try to schedule some practices. But let's be honest, I don't need to be sober to do no, no. um I, I don't think <laughs> we have any practices uh, that week after christmas all right all so right i'm gonna get back to you about good. that because i gotta touch base with it's a whole situation paul's gone i gotta i gotta figure out how i'm gonna make it work but i think we can make that date work and i think our buddy mike gorman who came in and hung out with us last year and made a big donation mm-hmm. is willing to do it again uh this year and and maybe we could even allow last year we were still worried about being people but like maybe we could let other people get in on it too this year because we're not quite as panicked as long as you well, I, I don't know if you're looking for like a title sponsor or anything we yeah. could probably just eat tide pods and I, I think i'm gonna pa- i'm gonna pass i'm gonna pass on that okay. i'm gonna let you know i by the way by the way you're 100 percent right right though it would be exactly as pleasant as consuming a bottle of malort it would be just yeah. as pleasant an experience as what if going i could find route. dill pickle flavored tide pods i'm, I'm listening now yeah now i'm yeah. listening <laughs> is there something that we have that you've discovered post our last uh that that, that i have not tried yet that you would say, "Oh my God, I can't wait till you experience this." Um, I, I'm trying to think because we've had some bad stuff. Somebody bought brought something that uh, I forget what it was called. I can ask, but it was it was another one of those black licorice like flavored. Yeah, it's a big. And it was so strong. It was like giant. The no blackest of all black licorice. Uh, um, uh, I don't even know what that means, really. Right. It, it sounded virtually racist. Yeah, it, it really did. It sounds it. awkward. I got to be honest with you, but we'll go yeah, with it anyway um, because what else are we going to yeah, do at this point? It, it was so. It was such a strong licorice, like black licorice taste, that it was just so bad. Uh, right. That's that's the only thing I remember taking that was just awful. Um, yeah, and there were a couple other ones that were just like. Uh, Malort, where you get that floral aftertaste, and it's just so bitter that it's unbearable. Oh, God, I don't know why I'm agreeing to this again. My, oh, it's a really bad idea. But yeah, we'll aim for it on the 27th. That's, that's I'll find be... something terrible for us to oh, do. God, I can't wait for um, that. Just can't wait for that. That's, yeah. that's wonderful news. <laughs> Um, all right, speaking of something terrible, um, the, the Ravens are in a real bind right now, right? And I'm, mm-hmm. I, it's such a weird spot for me to be in. Yeah, the only thing I don't get, I just don't I, – I didn't love the fourth down call, don't get me wrong. And, and I, 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 some people have pointed out, hey, everybody's been asking for slants all year. All of a sudden they call a slant, and now you're furious about it, right? Yeah, but that's not the right time but, for it. Right. You know that. Yeah, and and, and, six, I, so. and I, I, disagree, I, I disagree with the call, but on the whole – they played with no run game, no offensive line, and a backup quarterback, and they found themselves with an opportunity to win the football game. I just don't get the bit where somehow the story on Monday morning is, oh, I hate Greg Roman and he's got to go. Yeah, I, so I'm not, a, I'm not a Greg Roman fan. I, I've stated that numerous times. I feel like he does get way too much blame. 
my uh, my feelings on Greg Roman is I, I don't like the the offensive scheme when it comes to passing. Uh, you've seen numerous guys pointed out and talked about routes running the same area. It's almost like they focus on defense and just think, or focus on, excuse me, the running game and think that the passing game is just going to figure itself out. I'm tired of hearing about the vault, but make no mistake about it. Like the entire time, it's not his, like everything that's going wrong is not his fault because we can look at plays over the past four weeks and say, why isn't Lamar going here? Why is it? So I, I feel like blame should be divvied out accordingly. But you know as well as I do, the first person that's going to go is going to be a coach, whether it's a quarterback coach, an offensive coordinator, a head coach. That all happens before the players thing happens, where they start moving guys around, um, uh, you know, in, in the off season. But, but yeah, there, inherently there's some things wrong with it. And, and Dan Orlovsky is almost like I think he already has it typed up before the game starts at one right. o'clock, where it's like, hey Ravens, are we going to do anything about this zero blitz scheme that everybody keeps, seems to keep running at you, and you haven't changed a single thing up as part of your blocking scheme? So. Um, I do think some blame goes there, but yeah, he definitely gets the lion's share, whether it's fair or unfair. My issue with the Orlovsky videos was like, okay, yeah, I'm listening, but at the same time, what about all of the open receivers that the quarterback isn't hitting? Like, when when are we going to address that? Um, well, and I think inherently that's where, where a big part of the problem is, because we're just looking at one facet of it. It's everything. Right. And, and, and if the route schemes were better, I still think... Um, Lamar has had a serious regression this year, whether it's from injury, not having a running game. You can't tell me that game plan's coming in if you run that read option. I'm going to hit Lamar every single time because I don't think any of your running backs have the ability to break along if we do miss a tackle. Yep, so I'm just going to get as many hits on him as possible. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all a serious factor. I mean, it's all... Look, I, I, somebody asked me to... like. Last night, beyond just you, you don't like the fact that um, everybody always screams about the coordinator, what do you really think about it? And my answer was... I. The Ravens have to figure out what they want to be moving forward, and if they want to be continue to be a team that runs that dominantly runs the ball and does that type of offense, I just don't think there's somebody that does it better than Greg Roman. If they want to do something else, then I don't think Greg Roman's their guy. Like I think that's what he does, and that's why you have him here. But if they want to do something else, if they think it's time to drastically change their offense and and reimagine things, then yeah, I would I would think they want to hire somebody else to do that. So I think what you said is extremely fair. Like, um, Greg Roman is, in, in, at least in my estimation, a genius as far as, you know, uh, run blocking schemes and changing things up and creating that aspect of it. I mean, he did it with Colin Kaepernick with the 49ers. You can go look at what happened in Buffalo. You can, you can even look here in Baltimore. They're breaking records. And it, does it help to have the best running quarterback of all time? Of course it does. That adds to everything, but of course. that's what makes it so dangerous. And, and look, he deserves a ton of credit last year for switching up the blocking schemes when things weren't going right um, and changing it up so they, were, they could have success. And even bleeding into this year and some of the things they were doing to try to establish a run game with, I mean, you lost your three top running backs. There's, you just don't make it out of that it's and nuts. find right. some other running back that ends up being a great player for your system. So, um but but there, there, we could inherently say, too, that somebody could come in that's a better offensive line and still put up great rushing numbers and fix the passing game, almost, i.e., to uh, what happened in Tampa Bay when they won the Super Bowl with Tony Dungy. John Gruden leaves, and he's an offensive genius. And the offense is in place. Now they bring somebody to fix the defense, and it works out. Yeah, that's a fact. All these things are facts. That's just sort of where we are. I, I'm, in a, I'm in a weird spot, too, because all of this is, like, the Lamar Jackson thing is such a factor. I, I think a week ago I was at a place where I said the Ravens have one path to doing something significant this season. It's Lamar Jackson playing well again and you know being a, a, a sort of a Superman. And 
if Lamar Jackson's really this hobbled by, and I guess we're at the place where we don't think it's a significant injury, but um, if it's really this hobbled by it, then, then we kind of have our answer, right? Like, it's going to be extraordinarily difficult for him to go back to being some sort of Superman if if he's if this ankle thing continues to impact him the rest of the season. And with all due respect to Tyler Huntley, who has performed beyond, I think, what reasonable expectations were, this team is not winning a Super Bowl with Tyler Huntley playing quarterback the rest of the season. No, and this is the the problem. I, I, I mean, I see all the social media guys out there putting on their Twitter or Facebook page, don't pay Lamar, this guy, you can win with him. I, I, I don't know how many times we could look at a backup quarterback that's come in and had a good game, too. Even if you want to take the Nick Foles route where he led the Eagles to the Super Bowl um, after Carson Wentz got hurt, and everybody's like, we should just sign uh, Nick Foles. No, you shouldn't, because we know what Nick Foles is. He got hot at the right time. The same thing when, like, I, I think of all the guys I've seen coming in as a second-string quarterback, I, I think there's there's some promise with Tyler Huntley, and I think he can really play the game. So I don't I didn't want today to turn into I'm bashing Tyler Huntley to prove my point about Lamar, where people are looking at it. If you want to take some some good things away from it, it's two road games at Chicago at Cleveland, where one of which he was asked to just come in willy nilly, not knowing he was going to play, and and he brought him back in a game where. You know, the offensive line didn't look good, and Pat Ricard was out, and Nick Boyle was out, and all these things that were going on, and all the cornerbacks were out, and it didn't look like the defense could stop a nosebleed. And uh, he comes in this game, and they had a shot. They, they had a chance. And, and I, I think there's, there's a lot to like about that. And the same thing with Chicago, taking them on a game-winning drive when everything went wrong at the end of the game. Um, he deserves a ton of credit for it. But at the same extent, we've seen this before, where guys come in and get hot and almost like a flash in the pan. I mean, people were pointing at, Mike White for the Jets after he has that great right. game and they knock off, who was it? Was it the Titans then? No, or... They beat the Bengals, didn't they? The Bengals, yeah. yeah. So it was the Bengals, their, their other big win. Um, and he was like, I felt like I should have been the first pick in the draft. And then the rest of the NFL introduces themselves to Mike White after seeing film on him. Like, yeah, but this is who you kind of are. So right. this is why you weren't the first pick in the draft. And again, you, you, ha- you need more time with Tyler Huntley, but you have a guy that's won the MVP that's a special player that, for whatever reason, has regressed this year. But I think we have enough on film to know that you clearly can win with Lamar. He's a special guy. He's going to get paid as such. That I'm not letting him walk or I'm not making some wholesale change to go to Tyler Huntley well, I also, or anything like, like that. I think, I think it's ridiculous. I think we have to be with him. And like, I, again, I think that he's outperformed expectations, but he still had two mm-hmm. disastrous fumbles yesterday and yeah. and missed some really wide-open throws as that game went on, right? Like, that could have changed the course of the game. Let's not oversell Tyler Huntley because our expectations are low for him. Let's not pretend like Tyler Huntley – you know, even had a particularly good game yesterday. He just, we have low expectations, and, you know, he ended up leading a couple of really good drives. And so all of a sudden we walk out of it saying, oh, my God, Tyler Huntley was amazing. Well, he was also part of the problem, again, understanding that we don't expect a lot. He was also part of the problem and the reason why they lost the game. Yeah, I picked, um, I think it was today we were talking about it, I said, which caller is like, what, do you guys want to take a number? Because oh, yeah. I said, I'm taking the first caller that we get that says they should let Lamar walk and keep Tyler Huntley. And sure enough, the first caller we got today was like, I, I, let me say something that's going to be very unpopular. And I'm like, this is, we, we just need to stop with this nonsense. Um, man, it's awesome. Uh, you know, it's, 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 that's, that's, that's what we do. Part of the course with yep. uh, doing radio. It's right? just what we do. It's just, it's, I, I, 
Jeremy, I said sometimes it, it, people are so used to, to winning in Baltimore. It's it's the it's the nice thing about the, what the Ravens have done over the years. They just don't know how to handle losing, right? Like they just don't know what to do. But I'm not so sure it's really all that different. It might very well be that every week in in Houston or every week in Jacksonville or whatever is people melt down. It's just that I think that in those cities everybody's agrees. Like if you call in on on Monday in Jacksonville and say every week you got to fire the coach. There might be the hosts in that town are like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we, we probably we probably do. We probably do. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else going on in your world? What else? Are, what else are you dealing with right now? How's uh, I know you had a hot day on Saturday in betting. Yeah. So well, uh, Friday was equally bad. Like so, Friday was weird, and and people don't care about your problems when you talk about gambling. Where I lost. Uh, you know, I had a game where I had the underdog. It goes to overtime, and then the favorite covers the spread, and not like a. Not like a one and a half. I'm talking about you know a couple of points, like four and a half or whatever. Uh, so you handicap it right and it goes wrong. Uh, yesterday, I loved the Cowboys over, and it it got you know like Washington did nothing in the first half. They didn't realize Terry McLaurin was on their team, and Taylor Heineke uh, at one point waves him to go deep, and then underthrows him by about eight yards. So and that's a, that's the play that McLaurin came out and got hurt, but they missed an extra point that would have pushed the total. And then they got what they needed, uh, a third and yeah, whatever it was, three or four yards, and they just had to get a stop, and Dallas kicks a field goal uh, for it to go over the total. And, of course, uh, Dak Prescott, of all people, who looks like he can't run, runs for a first down, and they milk the clock. Uh, had a bunch of those. Even, like, my lock yesterday was the 49ers, which it hit, but they made me sweat that damn game out like nobody's business going into overtime and then giving up a field goal in overtime. So, I mean, gambling's... I, I love it, but it's it's also uh, you know everything's results based, and that's one of the things that bothers me in this industry is that if you're doing things the right way, eventually it works out. You're going to have your bad beats, your lucky wins, all those things. They all factor in, but it's just the people in our industry that claim the lucky wins are like I told you from the day one this was going to happen. Right. And guys that oversell their stuff. I, I, I talk about this all the time, where it's like, hey, I went three and one, but if your one loss was a, a hockey team that was minus 300, well, then technically you lost three games on that one bet. You know, it's it's a lot of that that goes on. But I, I love the industry. I love talking about it. I've been giving my stuff away for, for free for God knows how long. And it's it's the same thing every week, Glenn. Like, you, you do well. It's like, thanks, bud. That was cool. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. You do bad. And it's it's, like, oh, uh, you're the dumbest yeah, person that's ever lived. Yes, correct. correct. Yeah. <laughs> right. May, oh, may, great. One, may one, Perry one. Hall JV basketball never win another game ever in the history yeah. of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the uh, hell? Uh, but that's, I mean, that's life in this business. And now that sports gambling's open downtown, just waiting for the apps. I heard from a bunch of people saying it was packed. Uh, whether you went to live or you know, Hollywood or I mean whatever whatever casino you wanted to go to, horseshoe I'm, downtown. I, yeah, I'm going to live on Wednesday. It's gonna be my first time. I, and I, and it, it, like I bet so much that like this shouldn't mean anything to me. And I bet in person, obviously, in different places. But this will be the first time I ever uh, put a, a in person bet in 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 the state mm-hmm. of Maryland. And like in a weird way, I'm I'm kind of excited about that. Like I'm kind of like that's I I hate the yeah, fact so that it's taken until I'm 38 years old to be able to do it. But I'm, yeah, I'm when excited. when the apps are here, it's going to be so much easier. Yep. I mean, it's you don't have to go in and and look going to the casinos and watching games there. It's it's a phenomenal time. If you ever been to um, Vegas or even Atlantic City now and, and just see, sitting in the sports book, it's really cool watching all these people that have bet on games rooting on their teams. Sometimes can be annoying if someone else is winning on the same game you bet the opposite and you're losing. Um, but you know that's par for the course. It happens. But I, I think it's one of the cool aspects of it and. You know, I was telling people when you place a wager, you go up, you tell them the team you want to bet, or you tell them the rotation number, and then they'll repeat it back to you and, and place your wager. If it's a parlay, obviously there will be multiple teams, 
teasers, all types of stuff. So it's so much easier to do on the apps, but it's still pretty cool to get your little paper ticket and when you go to cash it in for twice the amount that you bet. Now, we're going down there on Wednesday night, and the first college basketball game of the day is Chattanooga-Belmont at like 6 o'clock, and I am betting that game. Like I, because I, <laughs> I, I want to live and die by it. Like I want that excitement of having the game up on my phone as we're hanging out down there, and I, like I, you know, we'll we'll be shooting the breeze and getting food and doing the whole deal. And I want to have that excitement of living and dying over a college basketball game that I'm going to get a result to that I otherwise just don't care about. And that's that's what makes this whole thing exciting to me is that that's how I'm going to spend my Wednesday night. I, no human being will be more concerned about the Chattanooga Belmont game than your boy Glenn Clark's going to be sitting at Live Casino Hotel on Wednesday night. That's it's the under. Actually, I don't even know what it is, but. I have no, yeah, I have no, I have no clue. And I think, in fact, when we talked, when we joked about it last week, I realized I said I'm I, out of principle. I said I was betting. Didn't I say I was betting Chattanooga out of principle? Isn't that the plan for me on Wednesday? Is, Just, so this is. You said this is Wednesday night. Wednesday night. I will, without a shadow of it, I will make a pick on that game one way or another. Hell yeah! I, you know what? I'm going I've to changed, make a pick. I've changed my mind. Whatever, whatever Jeremy says to do. Are you going to put it at pressboxonline.com? Yeah, I'll put it up. All right, whatever Jeremy says to do. <clears throat> I'm going to bet that. I'm going to bet with Jeremy on Wednesday night. However, he bets the Chattanooga-Belmont game, and I'm going to put that mo- – I'm going to get a ticket, and I'm going to have it for the Chattanooga-Belmont game, whatever Jeremy Kahn says. For the record, right. you picked Belmont last week because John took Chattanooga because oh, of the game. Oh, all right. Then I'll take – I want it to be – pick <laughs> Belmont, please. Do that. That's what I want. But whatever. I don't care. Whatever Jeremy says, that's what I'm doing. Hey, I've got Close an – Im- my hand on the total. I've got an important question before I let you go. Mm-hmm. How many counties in the state of Maryland can you name, Jeremy Kahn? How many counties? I yeah. think quite a bit. Yeah, there's 23 of them. You think you could get basically all of them? Oh, uh, no. Okay. I don't think I could get all of them. How many do you think you could On get? On the spot, like if you gave me 10 minutes, like as a radio spot, no. If I sat here and started writing them down, I think I could get quite a bit. Okay, all right. What Do you know what county, uh, the, 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 the capital of our state, do you know what county Annapolis is in? County is Annapolis. No, um, oh my God! I give up. I give up. Maybe I'm in Anne Arundel. But all right, I, thank like, God. It's, it's thank close God. To me, is it? Yes, it's in Anne Arundel County. For Christ's yeah. sake. So, I mean, that that would have been my guess. But like, right. honestly, like if you asked me that, Jesus, and saying yes, I do know it. No, I don't. What about what about? I'm going tonight to Columbia. We're gonna go look at the lights at, at Merriweather. Do you know it's what? Howard. Th- all right. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, there it's was Ho- a, it's Howard there. County. Who doesn't know that? Yeah, yeah. Who wouldn't know that, Paul? <laughs> who possibly wouldn't Jeremy, know that? Jeremy, he's never going to let me live I'm this I'm 0 for 2 on producers that know anything about the state of Maryland. <laughs> I'm 0 for yeah. 2. And again, the Anne Arundel thing would have been an educated guess, but I, I'm like looking at it as, is it on the cusp of some other county that I'm not thinking of? You no, know? Like, no, it's um, very much, very much in Anne Arundel County. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> I, I, I got so many things that I'm dealing with. Nailed right. it. I think I could name a fair amount of counties. You, you, I asked you that question first, and you could, you said you couldn't. I can name a fair amount of counties. Well, how much do you think a fair amount is? All right, you know what? We're doing a game right now. You and Jeremy, who can name the most counties? We're going to go one one by one. We're just going to do this. It's a dumb radio bit that we just came into. We're going counties. Uh, I will give uh, uh, Jeremy the uh, the crack. You get the, the name the first one. Let's go. Well, I, I might as well go with Baltimore. Uh, get it out of the that's way, one hundred percent. Good one. We're we're not we're not counting Baltimore City, by the way. We're just it's not a county. Garrett County. Garrett County is a county. Well, he's going off. You're giving me all the easy ones. Yeah, right. That so seems like an interesting right. strategy. I'll take Anne Arundel. Anne Arundel County. We were literally just talking about it. Harford. Harford County. That's where Paul lives. Howard County. I'll take all the ones we just named. Yeah, right. You get, it's, it's probably a safe strategy. Carroll County. Carroll County. That's where Westminster is. That's where uh, McDaniel College will find that. 
Montgomery. Montgomery County, MoCo, as the kids call it. Absolutely. Wicomico. Wicomico County. I, again, strange strategy, naming uh, one out in the Eastern Shore, but, you know, we'll go with it by all means. Oh, why am I stubbing my toe now that uh, oh, now God. you put me on the spot? Oh, thinking. God. So there's so many counties left. You're going to um, lose to Paul? Cecil. <laughs> Cecil County. That's where Paul got married, was out in Cecil County. 100%. Frederick. Frederick County, very much a county. You guys, you've got 10 so far combined. 10? Isn't that enough? Would you say there <laughs> yeah, were 11? You just want to tap it. No, there's 23. <laughs> Jesus. There's, there's more than that? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Kent? Kent County, very much a county, yes. Prince George's. PG County, 100%, right outside D.C. That's a county. I'm sure that's a real county. That's definitely a county. I promise you it that's a real one. You might want to double check I'll, that. I'll double check on it. Yeah, you know what's funny is now that we're sitting here thinking of counties, I start thinking of all the different areas I've driven to, and I'm like, is that so? So I've been to Southern Maryland. What what uh, what counties do we have down there? By the way, this uh, might this might be advantage, Paul, because he was embarrassed on a Friday. I'm starting to wonder if he went home. I did. Oh, and see, did some studying for Because there's I, no I, way Paul was just dropping a Wacomico out. Yeah, of right. He did just throw that in there. The old Wacomico County. Um, it's where Salisbury is. I'm I'm blanking here. Oh my uh, God! Isn't there a Worcester County? What do you not supposed? Let, let Jeremy get. Don't, don't this you do this sometimes? Where you just jump right back in? There's a game. We're doing a bit. It's my ego. I'm sorry. There's got to be so much more on the Eastern Shore. There is. There's much more on the Eastern Shore. Yes. Um. Uh. Drive, drive, drive. I don't know. I. You can call me the loser. God, that I'm, is I'm so up. embarrassing. All right, Paul. How many more do you think you can get? So I said Worcester County. That is a right? county, yes. Isn't there a St. Mary's County? There is a St. Mary's County. Yeah. yeah. Um, ugh. Oh, sorry. I wasn't that. I gave up too soon. You did. You, you know, gave up. You gave I up. Paul too... had a button. He's dropping with comicos. Yeah, on. right. He had a ton left. So far, you guys have combined to get 14 counties. See, the 14 counties are all the ones. I could have guessed them. I, those are the ones that I could have. You guessed knew it. all the ones, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. just you're claiming yourself to be king of the counties. K- king of you're the counties. King of the counties <laughs> is what you are. I want to be the coward of the county. The coward of the so. counties. Coward of the coward of Howard County. So, um, so, so what are we lo- missing in Southern Maryland? Uh, in so- I, don't, I mean, St. Mary's is what I associate with Southern Maryland. So I'm not even sure what else is in Southern Maryland. Here are the counties you're missing. I'll just go through them. You're missing Allegheny County out west. That's the one that before you get the game. It's not even a real county. No, it's a real county, I nobody, promise. Nobody guessed yeah, Montgomery County? Oh, no, Mountain. he did. Moco. Montgomery oh, oh, County. Oh, oh, Moco. Nobody lives there. Um, uh, so that one's one. Uh, Calvert County is Calvert, one that you guys that's didn't a good, name. That's an easy one. Caroline County you didn't name. Charles County. Dorchester County. I was going to say Dorchester. I was like, there's no uh, way there's a Dorchester and a Worcester. Both of them are counties. Both of them very much are counties. Queen Anne's County. There's both counties and Queen Anne's. Somerset County. As well as uh, Talbot County and Washington See, County. Talbot's the one I was trying to think of. That's Eastern Shore, right? Yeah. Yes. Correct. That is. Some, it's where well, it's moving towards the Eastern Shore. Yes. So, Somerset. Yeah. I never. I never would have gotten. I'm. I'm really bad at these on the spot games with it. So when, when Laura's bridesmaid co- called me back in May to ask me these, or back in June to ask me questions about Laura. Ah, oh, yeah, we do this at yeah, weddings. Yeah. It's a thing. I got most of them wrong. Ooh, that's not. No, that's no, not great. They no, probably no. all got together and said, "Don't marry this guy." No, they probably no. all said to her, "You should think about this." But my my answers were like her second choice, mm-hmm. right? And then when she was like, mm-hmm. "This," she pointed out all the ones i was like 
dope. How could I not guess your favorite food is tacos? I said mac and cheese, which is right. like your right. second favorite. Well, no. I, didn't, I don't mean to interrupt here, but when, when they called me about all the questions about Laura, I nailed them all. That's, oh, all boy, that is so. very awkward. So very I did beat Paul in that game. I knew awkward. there was more. There was no she likes you way too very much, Very awkward. I knew there was way Really there was weird how that all there. played out for you, See, Paul. my wife's a nurse. So I, I, I knew there are certain things that, that I know. The medical profession, right? It all kind of runs yes. in together. All right. Uh, what's coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week? So Ed comes back uh, tomorrow, so we'll have the full crew, I think, How all week long. You guys, like, what kind of deals do you have? What is the racket at 105.7 that no one ever has Who to knows? work? We had a bad GM years ago that decided not to give us raises. All he did was give us all this vacation. All more time off. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? Yeah, so now, now the new program directors have to deal with it. Like, Jesus. hey, you have... It says here you work two months out of a year. <laughs> you you kind of have the Howard Stern schedule. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's the big, big Bad Morning Show with Ed, Rob, and Jeremy three days Sometimes. of the year. Three days <laughs> of the year. You get all three of them. It's just some combination. All right, picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com, at JeremyCon1057 on Twitter. Let's plan on the 27th. I'll be in touch with you later today, but that's going to be the plan for our drinking show. Appreciate you, pal. Thank you for taking the time for us. Sounds good, man. Jeremy Kahn, uh, joining us here on GCR. Hey, uh, tomorrow morning, I'm just going to make sure, I believe we are going to make the announcement of who our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year is, as Wednesday is when our annual Best of Issue of Press Box is hitting newsstands. So if you wanted to get this one with Brenda Freeze on the cover, you better go do it now, because Wednesday is the day when um, when the uh, new issue will hit stands. I just uh, chatted with Sanzi last week, so I just want to nail that, because I like having Sanzi make the announcement now of who our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year is. So I'm just going to double-check on that with her today make sure that we can do it tomorrow morning. But the plan is that tomorrow morning on the program, we are going to announce our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year with Sanzi. And then on Wednesday, you'll be able to go out and pick up the issue um, that will uh, celebrate not only our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, but the uh, the top uh, people, places, events, think performances of the last 12 months in uh, area sports. So that is very exciting for us. It's an issue that we put a lot of time and effort into and um, a big one for us. So looking forward to that being available to you on Wednesday. Let's quickly try to do um, – look, I don't want to talk about picks because it, it's – my guess that things could go south for me in a hurry, yeah, I was right about that. I am damn near out of first place. I am only a game in front now of Kyle Ottenheimer after you guys, this past week. Did you guys pick different teams tonight? Uh, I don't remember. Hang on a second. Let me double check that. Mm, we No, we are both on Arizona. Oh. So I will still have the lead no matter what. But uh, Kyle had a nice run where he was the only one that picked Navy. And congratulations. I think Ken Niamatololo is going to join us on Wednesday to talk about that. That was just special, man. That was awesome. Um, and Diego Fago, the, the story of the fake punt is one of the greatest stories in the history of football. That that wasn't the call. They just called a punt, and then he changed the protection. The long snapper thought he was changing it to a fake punt, and so the long snapper just snapped the ball to him, and he's like, "What the f?" <laughs> and he just said, "Snag the ball on a difficult snap." And plowed forward, broke a tackle, and somehow picked up the first down, and Navy goes on to win. I mean, it's just an awesome story, but we'll talk to Kenny Amatololo later. I, w- I waited on a guy on uh, Friday night yeah. who was wearing an Army hat. He said his dad graduated from West Point 50 years ago, so it's been a tradition to go to Army-Navy every year, and he was about to head up to the Army-Navy New game York, the next yeah. day. And he was like, you know it's not going to be good for Navy. 
Right. And I was like, well, the Army looks like the better team. And then Navy goes out and won. He was the first guy I thought about. I was like, man. All right. How'd it, that go? How'd that like, go? It doesn't seem like it went very well for you now, did it? Yeah, it did not. Uh, I also missed the others that I missed that Kyle got. Kyle got three games back on me this week because he got uh, – but I, he got two games back on me. Was he really within three? He was within three. So he also had I, – like an idiot. Remember, I just I decided to fall back to Kansas City doesn't cover. Just a dreadful pick on my part. And then I defaulted to, um, you know, Washington's playing pretty good. They're at home. They're, what, in what world should they be giving four points? Well, they should have been giving a lot more than Actually, they ended up making it competitive at the end. At the end, it was only like a seven-point game. But yeah. They still didn't cover. So I missed on those, and that allowed uh, Kyle to have a 6-2 and two week while I'm sitting at 4-4. Four and four. Again, tonight's result pending, but we're both on Arizona. So he will be within one when the week is over at the top. At the bottom... Andrew Steck, uh, four and four, and John Proctor went three and five. Now they have different sides of tonight's game, so there's a little bit more drama here. As Steck could get back within four of Proctor if Arizona uh, covers tonight, um, the two and a half number. So if that's the case, then Steck is back within four games and still alive as we move into the late portion of the season. How how long do you guys do the picks just through the NFL season? I go to the Super Bowl. So, you go to the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, but there's, time. but there's not a lot of points left, right? right? Like you get in the playoffs. There's there's the first week. There's a lot, and then there's four games, two games, one game, right? right. Like there's once you get past the first weekend of the playoffs. It's, it's there's not much left. You better be within a game or two, or else it ain't happening at right. that point. So um, that's the way it works. Uh, our picks contest that we're doing again at the top of the table for a little bit of cash at the bottom of the table. We are playing for the uh, right to not have to be the one to come in here and uh, eat a tarantula, get their back waxed, and perform hero from the first Spider-Man movie. Picks recap was brought to you by Exxon Mobil. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Pats, or no, sorry, I wish. Slaps to the Helmet, brought to you today by Live Casino Hotel. I was just talking with Jeremy Kahn about how I'm going down to make a bet. I'm going to bet the game however Jeremy tells me to bet it on Wednesday. I'm just excited to be there in person and able to make a bet. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. That's what I'm doing on Wednesday, and I think you should too at Live Casino and Hotel. All right. Um, you guys are struggling today, and I think it's the it's the strange nature of the game but also, a few of you have just forgotten how to play Slaps to the Helmet. Like, you have sent me pats on the ass. You sent me a list of the five guys that played well. I was, like, looking at these lists, like, Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman? What the hell is And then I just realized, like, oh, no, you just you thought we were doing pats on the ass today. No, unfortunately, the Ravens lost. Mm. But the strange way by which it happened, I think, screwed this up. So I, I don't know what happened to you guys today. This one was, if I'm being honest, this was probably your worst effort. I'm 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 ashamed. I'm ashamed of you guys today when it comes to us slaps of the helmet. But uh, Paul and I will fix that right now. Five Ravens. Two of them must be offensive players. Two of them must be defensive players. The fifth can be another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. Rank them five to one, with uh, number one sort of being your anti-player of the game, if you will. Uh, I'll begin my number five. Look, I you know, it's not like he was particularly worse than anyone else in the secondary was yesterday but what really stands out is the dropped interception to me and Brandon Stevens makes the list because of that he's my number five you got to make that pick and he had of course had a second opportunity in order to get it but the first one yeah I, 
I, I get it. You can do the bit where you say, this is why the defensive backs aren't wide receivers. I don't care what position. If you're a if you're a punter, you have to catch that ball. Like if you are a a long snapper, you gotta catch that ball. If you are in the National Football League, you have to catch that football. Um and Brandon Stevens didn't, and on a day where the secondary as a whole was lacking, um, it was enough for him to make my list. He's my number five. Brandon Stevens was also my number five for that exact reason. Um the ball hit him in the hands and the chest twice. Yep. And even though they ended up punting on that drive, it was that's a momentum swinger. Yep. Right there. Yep. You, you can't drop that. Gotta make that play. Um, saying in the secondary, my number four is Tavon Young. And this is what, when I said I thought there were about seven guys. The other two, Anthony Averett and Chris Westry, certainly could have made my list, but um, they didn't. And for different reasons. One, because I thought the Westry penalty was you know, an abomination. That at least the one that everybody remembers. Um, and two, because Averett did end up coming up with the interception. So like there was enough good. Tavon Young struggled against Jarvis Landry, and and more it's about the burden of expectations that at the point at which the Ravens are, given the guys they got to throw out there, Tavon Young is the the elder statesman of this group. Tavon Young's the guy they have to be able to count on. He's the guy that got paid, and I get it. That's complicated, and it was probably a mistake to pay him the way that they did and when they did, and he's been off injured and there's a bunch of other things that go on with Tavon Young who is the Ravens Ed Block Courage Award recipient so congratulations to him for that um but you know you got to play better plain and simple you're the guy you've got to be the guy for this unit at this point and so it's the burden of expectation thing for me with Tavon Young he's my number four so Tavon Young was my number three okay uh for the exact same reason basically my number four was Tyree Phillips um, because he's he got beat so badly on that second. The entire offensive line got beat all day, and that's a, it's, it's a recurring thing because they're so beat up. But that's that that strip sack that leads to the touchdown. Um, that can't happen, and he got beat so badly. And that was that was honestly there were a lot of things that were the difference in the game. That was one of the differences in the game. Um, he's my number two, Tyree Phillips. I mean, like it it was. I get it. You play Miles Garrett. That's a it's a very difficult mm-hmm. thing to do for just about anybody. But you're the guy that's playing, right? I, I, I don't know what else to say. At this point, I, I can't just give everybody a pass. These are the guys that have to play, and these I, we're watching the games, so we have to judge based on what we're seeing, and it's the reality of it. Tyree Phillips was was brutal. So, yeah, he was number two on my list because of it. Um, my number three, and it was it's just a weird spot to be because my number three is Tyler Huntley, and as much as we want to say, you know, again, he's outperformed expectations or he's done good things or you like certain things – in telling the story of yesterday's game, those 10 points, at a minimum, 10 points, right? The seven points on the sack and the fumble before the half, and then the three points that they were already at the 12-yard line coming out of the half. So that's definitely three points. Could have been seven. Those 10 points are the difference in the football game. We can't ignore that. And we can say, yes, but he did good things. And look, the throw to Rashad Bateman down the sideline was wonderful. And a couple of the runs were spectacular. But those are disastrous. I mean, those are disastrous. And then missing the throw to Marquise Brown, that's brutal. And then even the sack on the final drive, as much as you want to you know, put it on Tyree Phillips, you got to know at that point. You've been in the game for a long time. You know how much time you have. And without in the situation they were in, you can't take a sack and leave yourself in third and 20. He had time to get rid of that ball. He had time to step through. There was a lane to step through to the left and decide that you want to run the ball. The sack 
on top of putting them at third and 20, also forced them to take a timeout in that situation because everybody was downfield, and now you got to race them all the way back in order to get lined up. So I don't think, that, I don't think he would have picked up the first down, but he could have at least gotten a few yards if he had just shifted to his left and decided to take off and run. Given his running ability, he might have been able to get the first down in that spot. And more than anything else, you just you got to get rid of the ball. Step through. Give yourself the opportunity to throw the ball. Get out of the pocket. Throw the ball away. If it's not there, throw it away. So all of those things, when again, I get it. He played well, but it's enough for Tyler Huntley to make my list. He's my number three. Tyler Huntley did not make my list, and we already know Tavon Young is my number three. Do you want to talk more about your number two, or do you just want me to give? No, I told you my number two is Tyree Phillips. Uh, My number two is Patrick Queen. Uh, I didn't see him. He had two tackles. He had no passes defensed. One solo tackle. Uh, The only time I saw him was arguing that the pass was uncatchable on a pass interference call in the end zone. And with all the guys that you have hurt on your defense. Patrick Queen needs to be the guy, in my opinion, that steps up, along with the pass rush. They're not absolved either, but Patrick Queen, to me, has to be the guy who steps up and is a difference maker. I, I mean, I, eh, I think that's tough, man. I, I didn't see that. I, I Look, I, I'm trying to tell you that I thought he had a brilliant game, but I just didn't see anything there. Was, I, I thought if there was a day where the story was, like, missed tackles in the mm-hmm. middle of the field or something like that, or if the story of the day was – you know, you had the opportunity to make the plays uh, against running backs, and you just weren't making them. Um, you know, Nick Chubb finished with a 3.5 yards per carry average. Right. They didn't get gashed. I, I, I thought the linebackers uh, as a whole were by far the best unit um, yesterday. It, it, it's, and, it's, and, and look, I think that what's Tyus Bowser stood out. I thought Tyus Bowser yeah. was the one guy that had a really good game. And I, I certainly have no problem saying Patrick Queen was quiet yesterday, but given the options, I. Not even somebody I really even considered. Um, so, for, for me, because I saw Tyus Bowser, because I saw Josh Bynes, I didn't see Patrick Queen. And, I just, and, I, and maybe my, my expectations are too high because we're used to having great linebackers in this, in this town right. that when he's not on the stat sheet, it, it, it stands out to me. The fact that I saw those guys and I remember plays that they made and I don't remember seeing I, a single play. I think play what happened made. is they just started throwing the ball. The Browns just started throwing the ball downfield. Yeah. Like once they realized... it. You know, I get it. The Browns want to be a team that runs the ball, but once they realized like the 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 sound strategy for this football game was going after this secondary, they just started throwing the ball downfield, and it really pre- prevented someone like Patrick Queen from having the opportunity to make plays. This is a fair um, point. And you could say like, hey, they you know they did give up some catches tight ends, but that was typically like I felt like Brandon Stevens was on the tight ends more than Patrick Queen was. Mm-hmm. Um, and just. I, the, the idea that he didn't really do a lot, you're, you're not wrong. He, he didn't really do much of anything. I just didn't think he really had the opportunity to do all that much well, and, yesterday. And, and you can flip it on its head. It, it, it goes the other way, too. The fact that I never heard his name can be good and it can be bad. It, he didn't make oh, any yeah, plays, he right, but he, he didn't, didn't give up any big plays. It just, I feel like I want to see his name more. Okay. It for when you, when I think I can make that it. argument more for a pass rusher than I can for an inside yeah. linebacker. Like I think if somebody said that about Adafi Owe, I'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get it. Like He was... Pretty absent yesterday. Like there was nothing there, and that's sort of the only, the only thing you're here to do is be disruptive, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's your your job is to be disruptive in the backfield. That that's that's what you're here for, and you didn't really do it, right? Yeah. So I could I could definitely make that argument for somebody like that. I think it's tougher for an inside linebacker, even a will linebacker. That, that that's not really his job, right? Like I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was quiet. There's no doubt about it. Um, look, number one to me was it was easy yesterday. Alejandro Villanueva was number one with a bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it's a disaster. It's an unmitigated disaster, and it's a disaster we all could see coming. And it's just, 
Again, he wasn't supposed to play left tackle this season, but there's no reason to think that he'd be doing anything better at right tackle if that were the case. It's just, you know, for, for like two – it's the bummer is for a couple weeks after the right tackle debacle, we said to ourselves, all right, well, this hasn't been that bad. Like He played really well against Kansas City. You know, like this is this has been – maybe we were wrong. Maybe, maybe the Ravens knew something, but that went away pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's now been about a six-week stretch where it's just been the disaster that we thought it would be. So it sucks. There's nothing we can do about it. And there's no better option either. Like that's the unfortunate part. You can say as bad as it is – they just they don't have other guys. This is who they got, and they just got to keep throwing it back out there and you know hoping for the best. It's just a bummer, but he's number one. Yeah, he's number one for me too. I I put down. I, I'm I'm so done with this man, and that's coming from an Orioles fan. So like I have <laughs> right, I have right. patience, right? Right. Uh, he's just so bad. He yes. he gives him nothing out there. But like you said, there's literally nobody else. So what are you supposed to do? You're stuck with it until this off season, you know. And that's the best we can say. It's brutal, 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 brutal. All right, um, uh, Pat's on the ass. We'll get them up at glennclarkradio.com. They are brought to you as well today by Window Nation. Weather's cold. That means higher energy bills, but Window Nation, of course, is here to help. And you can take advantage of 50% off all-style windows or a house of windows for only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. Tidbit uh, Tidbit is brought to you today by your Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A restaurants. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, then try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Okay, so I did two Tidbits. All right. Um, I did one last night, and then this morning I was like, that's way too hard. So I decided not to use it. However, I'll give you the choice. I'll give you the choice. Do you want to do the one about four touchdown, no interception games, or do you want to do the one about the worst turnover differential by Super Bowl champions? Mm, uh, turnover differential. Turno- okay, that's the hard one. All right. Um when Anthony Aver intercepted Baker Mayfield in the second quarter yesterday, it was the first Ravens interception since Week 7 against the Bengals when Marlon Humphrey intercepted Joe Burrow. The Ravens, despite leading the AFC North, have a negative turnover differential, having forced 12 turno- turnovers while giving the ball away 19 times. Only six teams have ever won the Super Bowl with a negative turnover differential. Who are they? I can't believe there are six. I'll say the Chiefs from no. a couple years ago. No. I guess their defense did start. It's the thing that we keep forgetting is their defense really did start coming on as the season went on. Just uh, like this year. Those Rams, the greatest show on turf Rams. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, with a negative turnover differential. The Joe Flacco Ravens? No. It wasn't a good defense, though. Mm. They were like 17th that, yeah, that year. Very mediocre. It's the hilarious part about people talking about that. Yeah, but that team could run the ball and play defense. No, they yeah, couldn't. The defense was awful they that couldn't. year. And in the postseason, Ray Rice was was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, how about the the old Raiders? How about the – I don't know which year it would be, but was one of them the Raiders team? Two of them. Two, Two of, of them the were? Raiders. Okay, which years? Uh, so 1976, the Oakland Raiders were minus four. And 1983, the L.A. Raiders were minus 13. Jesus, I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah. All right. Um, 
the see like I'm 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 torn between just picking teams that I think are really good offensive teams that overcame a defense versus I'm this is hard. There's no doubt about that. This is very hard. All right, I'm just going to start. That, that, uh, was it a Packers team? No. Was it a Cowboys team? No. Was it a Washington team? The 1987 Redskins minus three. A little surprised by that. Was it a 49ers team? No. Was it a Packers team? No. Was it a Bears team? No. Probably not. Was it a Steelers? 1979 Steelers minus yeah, 10. Never, never would have gotten that yeah. in a million years. Yeah. Is there one more? There's two more. There's still two more? Was it a Dolphins team? No. Was it the Saints, the year that Drew Brees won the Super Bowl? No. Was it uh, the Eagles a couple years ago? Mm-mm. Was it a Giants team? 2007 Giants minus nine. Were they really? Minus. They were, that team was very They're, mediocre. Well, like, no, there's been an argu- there have been arguments that the worst team that ever won a Super Bowl. Yeah. There have been arguments for that. Uh, was it uh, the Jets when they beat the, the Colts? No. Was it the Colts? The Colts. Hang on. Which Colts team? Was it the Peyton Manning Colts team? No. It was it the, it was the Super Bowl five Colts team? 1970. Yeah, the Super Bowl five. Yeah, minus two. Of course, the worst Super Bowl of all time. The only Super Bowl where the uh, the losing team had the MVP. That's crazy. Um, so I do have a bonus question for you. All right, if you want to. Yeah, which, which three Super Bowl champions tied for the largest turnover differential? I'm going to guess the Bears. 85 Bears plus 23. The Ravens. 2000 Ravens plus 23. Just tell me who the third one was. 1981 49ers. Okay. I mean, I would, I, we wouldn't have gotten there, so yeah. there you go. All right, very good. Uh, Tubular brought to you today by the Tyus Bowser Show. We're back next Tuesday night. We will be at Skipjacks on Bel Air Road in Overly with Tyus Bowser and a special guest. Come out and see us. It's brought to you by Pressbox, Great Eights Memorabilia, My Bookie, as well as Window Depot, windowdepotbaltimore.com, and Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. We will see you next Tuesday night at Skipjacks on Bel Air Road. Um, quickly, I should point out with Great Eights Memorabilia, they do have toy drive events this week. Chance for you to meet some of your favorite players, including tonight, the aforementioned Tyler Huntley. He's going to be at the White Marsh Mall. So you want to meet the the guy that's uh, running around there trying to save the Ravens bacon yesterday? You can do that tonight. You just got to bring out a new unwrapped toy. Go get the details, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com with the number 8. What's coming up this evening, uh, as we mentioned, no Mannings tonight, no uh, uh, second uh, broadcast, so you're just stuck with the uh, traditional broadcast for Monday Night Football. It is a good game, however. Rams and Cardinals, big one in the NFC West, 8-15 on ESPN. UMBC's in action there at Princeton at 6 o'clock on e- uh, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, the rest of college hoops, glennclarkradio.com. NBC Sports Washington for Wizards Nuggets at 9. NBA TV, Warriors Pacers at 7. Suns Clippers at 10.30. NHL Network, Flames Blackhawks at 7.30. The USA Network for WWE, Monday Night Raw at 8. Non-sports highlights? Um, Keanu Reeves going to be on a late show with T- Stephen Colbert on CBS at 11.35. Is he plugging John Wick? Is that coming out finally? Uh, I, I hope so. I think they're more so plugging The Matrix that's coming out this month. Oh, that's right. That's a thing. Yeah. Damn it. Um, Jimmy Kimmel Live is going to have Tom Holland and Zendaya with Be- and Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, uh, because Spider-Man, Spider-Man comes. Comes. Is that so, next week or is it this it's week? This week. I'm, it's this week? I'm so freaking excited oh, yeah, for it, so man. Um, Gordon Ramsay's Road John Trip Wick doesn't Fox. come out till May. Uh, I didn't even know there was another John. I love John we Wick. Just, I just said, is he plugging John Wick? I, right, but I thought you were making a joke. No. I, I, we I, know I love John Wick. Yeah, of course. Um, Who doesn't? And, uh, All-American on the CW8, and th- that's really about oh, it. Very good. 
Thanks today to uh, Dr. David Chow, Pro Football Doc. Thanks to Paul Sabin, ESPN Sports Data Scientist. Thanks also to Mike Nolan, as well as to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, of course, we'll talk hoops with Patrick Stevens tomorrow. Maryland did beat Florida, so they got that going for him, which is which is nice, I guess. Um, but you know, we'll talk a little bit about that and more about the uh, the coaching search. I wrote about the Maryland thing today. It is a really weird bit. The the national media types and other coaches that are trying to go after the Maryland basketball fan base. That is a super weird bit. And there's things about the Maryland basketball fan base over the years that I haven't loved, but like the idea that they that the Maryland basketball fan base in any way abused Mark Turgeon or mistreated him or did anything that was that stands out as being all that different from any other fan base. Uh, certainly, Mark Turgeon had to deal with people that thought he couldn't coach and criticism and the whole deal. But that, for the most part, comes with the territory. I mean, if there was if there were a group of if there were a thousand Maryland fans stalking Mark Turgeon's family everywhere he went, that's shameful. It's an abomination, but mm. I have no reason to believe that's true. And the people that are trying to do Mark Turgeon's bidding for him and make it seem like it's the fans' fault, that, that's a really bad bit. And I wrote about that, and I wrote about how we treat um, the P. I just wrote, I, I kind of opened up about that today in a column at PressBoxOnline.com. So I'd encourage you to go check that out. But we'll talk to Patrick Stevens about uh, local hoops. And uh, as I said, I think uh, Sanzi's going to join us tomorrow to help us announce our Mogaba Sports Person of the Year. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, the Baltimore Area Chick-fil-A Restaurants, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com, and my bookie. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go uh, UMBC. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.